the, the chat hasn't updated to be refreshed, so it's just like chat from the previous stream, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think I'm going to go straight to sleep after this one. Do you want me to put anything up on my screen, or you can uh, share it here in Discord? Oh, uh, I'll give you the link when we get to that point, don't worry. Um, Great. And now we're, we're, we'll have a nice chat. Or we put up something on Twitter as well, I always forget to do that. But, uh, yeah, I checked out your, um, your Double Blade video and your Thanos one. I Even I, when I was watching um, Endgame, I was like, that weapon doesn't seem that effective or efficient, I should no. say. I think I that mentioned video it has exploded afterwards. Yeah, it's an it's an odd one. It's almost like it has to be magical for it to be um as efficient as it is. Well, <laughs> I mean, just with the sheer strength, like because you can do very basic strikes with it, but when it comes to some complex kind of maneuvers and you know trying to use the back blade for anything useful, oh no, no, very very awkward design. But that video is exploding at the moment. Like, oh, it's crazy. So that's awesome, dude. I imagine a lot of people are using it to be like, you know, Endgame isn't perfect. <laughs> there's there's a lot of uh, things to Endgame that people are. Oh, see, I loved Endgame. Um, no, I'm actually too, yeah. thinking of doing a, a video uh, addressing all the plot holes what in a... it because uh, the large amount of the plot holes are actually not that bad. They can be explained with things already present in the movie that they showed. Yeah. So I'm um, happy to do it. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see that. I've got to cover that video, uh, film eventually, and I still don't think I fully grasp exactly what all of the issues or even the system they're using for time travel is exactly. Well, we could talk about that in the stream. That one's a fun one to cover. If you want to. Well, I don't see why not. I think Endgame's been out long enough now for people to be okay with spoilers. At least I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like I've uh, the the director, uh, he actually tweeted saying, "Okay, and spoiler embargo has been lifted." And I even changed uh, the thumbnail of my video because um, I was explaining the time travel in a video, and I had to title it "The Confusing Part Explained" because people got a bit salty that um, I first had time travel in the title. I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll change that," but now I've changed it back. So. It's like <laughs> by those rules. I'll be spoiling Endgame and then once once the directors say it's okay, you're fine. I didn't think it was a spoiler. I thought everyone knew that time travel was going to be well, like because all the theories were talking about it and like you see them in the time travel suits in the uh, in the trailers and stuff, but uh, apparently no, people... Well, it's gone to a point now where um, spoiler is so careful that you, you even put in a video up saying, I very much enjoyed Endgame because it has all the things that I like in it. People will be like... <gasps> Now I know it has things that you like in it. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, like shit. my Thanos one. Some people were even annoyed with my Thanos sword video because I show that Thanos uses a sword, and they thought that was a spoiler. In fact, he uses a sword in it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like it's, it's nowhere near a significant spoiler. But there are people out there who really just want to know nothing. At that point, though, I'm just like, why don't you just not go on the internet? Because you're gonna, you're yeah, gonna I'll, find I'll be stuff. interested to know if they've watched any trailers at all because, like. You actually see the sword in one of the trailers, and so I, I guess some people don't like even avoid watching trailers because they don't want to know anything. Oh yeah, you do see it. Yeah, I remember that. Well, you should just rely on that. Be like the trailer spoiled it before <laughs> I did, so it's all good. Then again, people might be like, "Oh, I don't watch the trailers." Yeah, specifically for spoilers. But yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, me and Rags both really liked Endgame as well. But there are it's complicated to break down that story. Um, exactly all of its issues. I'm assuming that the ones you were talking about were mainly to do with time travel, or...? 
No, that well, the time travel is surprisingly coherent for the type of time travel that they were using. I, I, they didn't explain it well, which is why it could be really confusing in a movie. What? But a whole heap of the other like plot holes, you know, about uh, oh, you know, uh, Iron Man's gauntlet versus the Infinity Gauntlet, and why could they use it and stuff. And then there's also the one about um, how did. Uh, uh, Thanos go forward in time if they were limited by the pin particles and stuff because uh, technically um, uh, Nebula only got about a hold of one set of pin particles from her past self. So how did, how is she able to bring the others forward and things? So the, the, those type of plot holes. Uh, the only one I've heard to explain that is that Thanos's team would have replicated it, I guess. Well, I think there's an easier answer. Um, there was actually another set of pin particles left in that time in that parallel reality. Uh, it was on Black Widow. She never used them to come forward. So the idea would be that they went and got those? Yeah, they just grabbed those from Black Widow. Um, I mean, it's a, like it, you have to take a bit of a, a, you know, a leap to explain it, but there is a way that they could have done it, so... Yeah, I suppose... Well, this is the thing. I don't even get how his ship manages to come through exactly, like, via the, the rules as we understand them. I still don't really understand. I was just like, oh, that's... Okay. That's, they could just bring the ship on through. Because, you know, the idea is that, I'm guessing, the suits allow them to do it in um, the people. And it's like, is there a suit around the whole ship? Or is there some, some equivalent of that? I don't know. Yeah, see, that one isn't explained. I mean, there is the mechanic in uh, Ant-Man where he can throw something at an object and shrink it. Um, and it's just one of the, these little disc things. Mm -hmm. um, and so the, the kind of mechanic to shrink something large and a larger object exists in um, uh, you know, the movies and things. But they don't explain if that's what they do in the endgame. Um, yeah, uh, I guess the stuff like... So, so if, if you probably understand it better than I do. Um, does it split off a timeline only if you remove a stone? See, that's what some people are trying to say. And if they're going with a strict view of parallel reality time travel, um, no, as soon as you go back in time, you have a parallel, parallel yeah. reality. That's how I and, see it. Uh, and that's, why, that's the way I, I feel that they should go with because technically they, I mean, uh, the idea that, Every the you know uh, the universe will be destroyed if you don't return the um, stones is contradicted by the fact, or they don't really care that Loki escapes with the stone in one of those realities. But I guess he doesn't take it out of the reality. So yeah, specifically destroyed. I assumed that she was referencing the time stone specifically. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't really know because the whole Dormammu thing. Most people bring up Dormammu. Yeah, it's like the time stone is the only stone that would have a negative effect, to my understanding, if you removed it out of uh, one of the realities or. All the other realities, if you take away any other other stones, you essentially prevent Thanos from doing the snap later on, and a couple of other really bad things as well. Like, but you also prevent Captain Marvel, which is just phenomenal. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we feel the same on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the so because the, the confusing part for me, I was like, okay, so she's like, you cannot get rid of one of these. You know, it'll cause a destructive timeline. It's like, oh, but in our timeline, they're all destroyed. Like our current, yeah. I was like, things don't exactly. seem to be that bad. Like, if if the time stones are holding, sorry, if the infinity stones are holding reality together, what happens when they're just destroyed? So, if they, if anyone is going to jump on the thing that the infinity stones are needed to maintain reality, that's contradicted by a couple of other things. I feel it's like it can actually be explained very uh, satisfactorily if you just say, forget infinity stones being reliant on you know reality and stuff, and just say strict 
parallel reality time travel. And if you approach it from that perspective, it's actually fairly consistent. It works quite well. Yeah, uh, I was always more comfortable with that because people, I, I remember our stream and stuff, people were like, ah, you got to pay attention to what she says. She says that the stones create what we perceive as time or something like that. And I remember thinking like, <laughs> good God, that's going to make everything so much more complicated if we take that literally. I know. One of, oh, one of the things that I'm like looking at, and I wish I mentioned in, in, my, pre in my video, is that they essentially have the ability to, re to reverse aging now. We've established that that's a thing. Right. Yeah. It, like when they're testing it with Ant-Man, he comes back younger. And so Captain America's is old. They could well, harness that. Just put him that. in the machine. Uh, put him in the machine and make him young again. <laughs> well, what do you think about, because that, that's that's actually a fair point that they could have discussed or whatever. But what, are, what about the whole, um, the entire plot is kind of subverted by the idea that they should have began with getting more pin particles by going back to find more? Because yeah. it, it takes away all of the, the drama of this being the one chance they have. It's like, oh, you could have just... And then the other thing of, like, the first thing I thought was when they were discussing when to get... They were like, when's a good time to get all these stones? And I was like, oh, remember Infinity War? When Thanos had, like, all of them? Just fucking gr go get in when he's being attacked by the Avengers. And he, they've nearly nuked him? Just take it off him then. That's four of them right there. <laughs> well, now you have double the Avengers yeah. fighting him. So he's fucked. And, yeah, all they need to do is go in and someone grab Star-Lord and hold yeah. him back. And, Which, by the way, and I then, feel like we never really got that answered. Like, it, it, uh, Doc Strange being like, the only way we can do this is the convoluted way we get for Infinity War and Endgame. It's like, Doc Strange, what about if you just portaled Star-Lord onto the other side of that planet? Well, to play devil's advocate about removing the Infinity Stones, it was interesting. We, I think they, uh, I'm not sure if they ramped Thanos' power up in the in, in Endgame um, like because it. he was tough as, like, he was insanely strong without any Infinity Stones at all. And he technically beat Cap, Thor, and the Iron Man all at their peak without any Infinity Stones. And so if they got the Infinity Stones off Thanos in, at that point, that... It, like if if he if they're gonna gauge his power off what he was in Endgame, they might not have been able to beat him even without um them without the Infinity Stones, and um but the only way then is that if they use the uh, stones against Thanos if they got their hands on him then that could have done something and technically the Infinity Gauntlet should enable someone to be able to use them because that's what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very, very, very complicated, and I think that the more you think about it, when you have a magical gauntlet that's made of stones of the universe, you start to be able to be like, what about this, though? What about this, though? What about this? And it's like, mm. Well, it's funny. It's not, it's not too difficult. All you have to do is um, stay uh, true to the rules that you establish. However, because this is, like, I find a lot of writers don't pick up on, on this with magic systems, and Infinity Stones are a type of magic system. Even X-Men Powers are a type of magic system. Mm -hmm. And just by showing how they operate, without knowing you're establishing certain rules, and then if you contradict how they're used later on, well, then it's sloppy, it doesn't make sense, you've got plot holes and all that stuff. But... It's not too difficult, but surprisingly, very few people actually do this. It's just to, it's, it's to obey the rules that you previously established and don't break them. Yeah. And then they can operate pretty well. One of the things that surprised me in, 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 in Infinity War is the fact that um, uh, Doctor Strange's portals can chop things in half when they close on people. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. I was like, 
That's a pretty good weapon. Why haven't we? Why aren't you using that? And it technically chopped the arm off or something of that Hulk-like monster. Thing. Yeah. It, it, see, it's bizarre that not only do we have that as a possibility, but they confirm to us that it can be used to chop off limbs, specifically arms. Yeah. Man, that'd be useful in other <laughs> applications. And that's, and that's oh, the other crazy thing. Oh, um, Thor straight up just chops Thanos' head off in in Endgame. So it's like, oh. So when you when you're thinking about like how oh they can go back to the time of Infinity War and see all of the previous Avengers holding Thanos, it's like literally send back Thor with Stormbreaker and he can chop his head off. Yeah, Dunzo. He, was, he was held. He was held still for quite a long time. That's a and then pretty open target there. You take that gauntlet. You you go over to uh, to Earth. You get Vision Stone, which is at that point that's the last stone, right? Visions, I think. Yeah. I think, I think that's it. Um, and, yeah, because and, he, yeah, he portals to um, Earth. And if you were like, oh, well, you know, you got to wait for them to get it out of his head. It's like, yeah, fine, we can wait. <laughs> we, can, we can have a sit down, <laughs> we can chill, talk about the past and the future in parallel. And yeah, I just feel like a lot of the drama can be a little bit, you know, diffused when you're like, why don't they just do this really obvious thing? Like, okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Um, see, it, see, it's fun because uh, that's the challenge I have as a writer. I'm not sure if you know, but um, I'm, a, I'm about a month away from publishing my debut novel, and so that's exciting. Um, and, yeah, one of the challenges I have is to try and find all those potential holes in my own writing and then trying to be honest, all right, what's the – what would – if someone was actually approaching this uh, as, as intelligently as they could, how would they do it? And then – and you know, and try and address those things. And when you do, it's very satisfying. It's like ah, it works. Fuck it, just have a theme. Just have a theme, dude. As long as you stick to a theme, you're fine. That's how we we know it works now. <laughs> a theme of uh, humanity is always going to prevail, or work together is the best. Something like that, you'll be fine. Break as many rules as you want. Um, I don't like breaking rules. No, no. <laughs> I wish more the people the felt that way. Breaking rules. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I think the well, Endgame, unlike certain other things right now, like Endgame's being looked at as something that was very satisfying to its fans. It gave the fans what they were looking for, which is starting oh, to be yeah. like frowned upon these days. Like the concept of being too obvious or being too—it's like, oh no, that's exactly what the fans were looking for. You can't do that. And um, <laughs> we had it with Star Wars. We've recently yep. had it with a certain other TV show that started to do some shit yeah. that is infuriating I people. See, uh, it's funny, I was going to actually say or, like the exact same thing. Is One of the reasons why I loved Endgame so much is that it was such a satisfying conclusion. And it was that by, by doing, you know, like the fan service was a big part of it because you're invested in these characters so much. You're absolutely right. Yeah, like the idea that someone's like, oh, they only ended all ended up in the fight for fan service. I'd just be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, that's why they're all there. Wasn't it fucking great? <laughs> um, but yeah, like... The idea uh, of subverting expectations is something that's actually like it's becoming almost like a like a trope of do not do this instead of it being something that can be done well or badly it started to become a a thing that's just like jesus christ stay away from subverting expectations um i don't know if you like to give you guys an idea because you're both not exactly uh keeping up to date with game of thrones um they have these things called inside the episode they play after the main episode is going and it's just the uh the creators talk about some of the things that happened in the episode and why and it's, mm -hmm. it's supposed to be a nice little insight into how things work and um obviously they they score through the roof on youtube for uh, likes and dislikes sort of thing as as do any trailers like everyone loves game of thrones such a great thing 
This latest one, after the three, this is the third episode that has pissed off the fanbase massively. There, I, actually, I should probably check, but the, um, even the inside the episode, uh, sort of videos on YouTube are getting, like, slammed big time, because every one of them has comments from the, the co-creators that are just, like, as if they don't even know what their TV show is anymore. Um. Well, I saw, I saw a YouTube thing that was recommended to me about, um, about how they decided that what's her face just forgets about the fleet and everything, <laughs> and and that was like the highlight of this YouTube video. And people were saying, "What the fuck? How, what is Have that? You, uh, how you explain it all away?" You know what he's talking about, Shadis? Yeah, the, the fleet that shoots the dragon. No, yeah, I'm so so like the because it's gone around, it's gotten around. It's a really bad quote. Uh, she is surprise attacked by a fleet in the ocean. While she's on her dragon, it's pretty unbelievable as as a start. But uh, her dragon, she has two. One of them gets annihilated and killed. And the so everyone's complaining about that as a fan base. Like, how does she not see the fleet? How did the fleet turn out? How's the fleet so powerful? All the standard uh, questions. And the co-creators sort of comments on it is, um, well, you know, Danny, she kind of forgot about the Iron Fleet. But it's like it's like the most <laughs> threatening thing her enemy even has. And it was like, wow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so the inside the episode for episode 5 currently stands at 19k upvotes and 27k down, which is staggering for an official Ooh, channel. Yeah. And like, yeah. all of the comments are just memes about how terrible the show is now. Which, yeah, uh, the, the third comment here is, I like Joffrey more than the writers now. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know enough about the show to laugh at that one. Um, um, so... Yeah, gosh. It's a Martin should sue. <laughs> <laughs> so, to give you guys a crash course on why everyone's pissed about the recent episode is that uh, Daenerys Targaryen, uh, uh, absolutely considered a protagonist of this whole show since season one, has been... Um, she's been she's been fighting her way to Westeros. That's her whole thing, is she wants yeah. to take back her father's seat of power. And the, uh, the concern for a lot of people is that she'll get too evil because her father was the Mad King. And he burned, yeah. or he, he killed a lot of people that were innocent, and he burned, he threatened to burn his entire city filled with innocent people, but he was, he was thwarted by Jamie Lannister. And, um, so the concern is like, ooh, how much of her dad is in here? And we get a couple of inklings, like she, um, she. Well, this is Game of Thrones, you should qualify when you say that. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so much. Well, so she, uh, to give you an example, she frees a place that has loads of slaves, and, uh, instead of, like, Leaving it there, she all the people who are previous slave masters, she has uh, crucified, and obviously they all die. Um, mm -hmm. And if a son of one of them comes to her, like, you, you killed my dad when he was, like, one of the only masters who actually fought against the slavery system and did a lot of work to help them. And so, so she actually has to face consequences. And um, yeah. the specific one that comes to mind that I really should have mentioned at the past stream was that... Um, her dragons are let free in this, in this land, uh, just call it Essos for now. And um, this guy comes to her with like this this bundled up sort of sack, and puts it down as the bones of a child. And he basically says the dragon cooked and he like ate his kid, casually. And so she's just like, holy shit! Like she, she has to deal with like not only her um yeah. her, her choices, but the choices like of of being where she is and all that stuff. And so throughout the show, she just has to deal with all these things. And like one of the recent ones where uh, she captured a shit ton of like. Uh, Lannister soldiers, and she told them all to kneel or die, and uh, one of the higher-ups basically just said no, 
uh, you're not my queen and I refuse, and instead of putting him in prison like most of the Westeros lords would do, and as Tyrion guides her, she just has him executed and his son, because his son stands with him sort of thing. And so you get this like, oof, you know, he's a bit morally grey sometimes, ooh, you know, and everyone, everyone feels like she's setting up for maybe some dodgy decisions, and so... In the lead-up to this episode, her best friend, two of her dragons, her loyal, like, bodyguard, and, um, a large selection of her army have all been killed. And so, she's gradually getting more angry, because, uh, she wants to take the throne the the, the quick way, the tough, well, the, the, the easy way, let's say. Um, but it'll cost a lot of innocent lives if she does that, and so she loses her cool finally and just decides to do it anyway, she's had enough. And so we're all preparing for her to sort of think of King's Landing as a giant circle, and then there's a, a smaller circle in the middle of it, and Cersei is in the center of that smaller circle. Everywhere has innocent people. And so you'd think to yourself, so she's going to fly up to the smaller circle and burn Cersei, and then it's over, right? Cersei's the only reason that this war is even happening. Yeah. As soon as you knock her out, it's done. And that seems yep. to be her plan. Like, that's how we understand it. And so, everything's great. It's all it's all going on. Um, you remember yeah, those... Yeah, the dragon up to the throne room and just, poof. Yeah, easy. You might even yeah, be able to just eat it. you got a dragon. That shit, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking mental. And so you remember those uh, scorpions, right? The things that are firing, like, ballisters that are very, very powerful enough to kill a dragon. There's about, I want to say, 60 of them in total perched around oh. the castle and on the fleet that are just outside the castle. Or at least I'd have to check oh. the... Um, Check the pictures for that, but either way, she approaches this fleet, and this fleet that managed to kill a dragon with three shots is a fleet of at least 50. There's this screenshot where there's a shit ton of ships, and she's just flying directly at them. They fire one shot at her, miss, and then she obliterates them all. Oh, they should have shot more than one. <laughs> I'm glad you picked that up. Um, I mean, if a, if a dragon was flying at me, I'd be like, fucking everyone shoot. Don't wait for me. Just <laughs> go for it. Just, don't even, just shoot. Um, Bam, poo, pew. And so in an Kill instant, it. they're all fucked. Gone. Um, and then there's a few of them on the walls of the city. She makes a run around the entire city walls and it just breaks them all. And you're like, all right, she's destroyed literally the only way they could possibly beat her. So I guess right, war's over. Well, it's like okay, so Cersei's the only thing left, and Cersei, by the way, is sitting on a balcony watching all of this, getting depressed. She's like, "Man, I guess I've lost." And it's like, "Oh Jesus!" And um, and then two. I explained this to Rags earlier, but I guess I should give you a bit more uh, context. Uh, Tyrion did speak to Daenerys before the battle started, and he said, "If they ring the bells in um, in in King's Landing, that means they're surrendering. It's the surrender bells. Look at it that way." And uh, he's like, you're going to call off the attack if they do that? And Daenerys is like, yes. And uh, even I think Jon even agrees to take his Northmen to a point of, like, standstill if uh, they ring the surrender bells. And so Tyrion okay. manages to get Jaime into the, into the city to try and do it himself. And it's implied in the episode that Jaime rings the bell. I'm not 100% clear on that, but it gets rung either way. This thing happens, right? So everything I explained about Daenerys up to that point, she's perched on some kind of building... He's only got the red keep left where Cersei is, and the surrounding walls have been burned. Everything else is fine. So she has a choice to go and kill Cersei, or, well, that's that's about it, right? Because what else would she want to do? Yeah. She hears these bells being rung, and then she makes several faces. There's, there's, there's a lot of faces, there's like a lot of pans of her just being like, hmm. And then she sort <laughs> of like casually, like naturally, I want to say that, naturally she decides to start killing women and children who literal civilians she just flies around the whole city burning every single part of it 
Why? In fact, I'd say it's safe to assume she burns everything except the Red Keep. Why? Why? Why indeed, Rags? Why indeed? Why, um... Yeah, why, uh... Why? So how much resistance did the city throw up? Uh, uh the, all they had was the scorpions and they all got obliterated in their, like, opening five-minute yeah. attack. Because it's interesting, like, I, I, I think back to any um, cases historically where uh, populace was attacked for uh, during a siege or if a city was overcome, and it's usually as a uh, type of uh, <clears throat> retribution for resistance because before a siege, generally what would happen is that uh, there would be some type of parlay between the besiegers and the defenders, and the besiegers would generally say, okay, this is your chance. If you surrender now... Don't force us to attack you and lose any lives. We will let everyone go free and we'll take the castle and we'll probably only keep the leaders, you know, um, imprisoned and stuff. But if you resist, that's, that, that's it. No holds bar. We'll destroy you and everyone inside. Mm -hmm. Make your choice. And uh, the thing about that is if, uh, if you don't actually follow through with the threat, next time when you're trying to take a castle or a city, that threat's going to be hollow and it'll have no weight. And so there are, you know, several... In now, it's funny, people think this happened in every instance. It wasn't in every instance. It's actually a very fluid, complicated thing about um, the terms of surrender and also victory and stuff. Uh, but this is one of the ways it could play out. And so... Uh, if, if it's justified, sometimes it can make tactical, logical sense if there's more battles later on and, you know, the and that was the stipulation to begin with. But if the populace wasn't actually resisting and stuff um, and no terms were given out, then it wouldn't make much sense at all to, you know, go no quarter on everything. Uh, but that's just kind of my view on it. I haven't seen the episode. Well, so yeah, I, I can really comment. give you all of the context because I, I didn't mean to imply she doesn't go for the Iron keep uh, the the red keep sorry she destroys it last but in, in, the way I, I described it to wolf when we were watching it was think of kin's landing as a lawn she like goes line by line just taking out everything and it's like Gosh. wow um but yeah uh it, it gets to the degree where you can see there's just peasants in a line like a woman and a child mm -hmm. running a couple of others and danny just burns them and it's like okay it was just no point to that shot but okay um, a lot of people feel like it's in line with her because of that setup I gave you about how she, like, gradually goes insane, but the only thing I think that's justified is her choosing to kill people who even remotely, like, have any kind of connection to the enemy, right? Not, not peasants. Yeah. The peasants are the victims in all of this. They're the ones that can't do anything, and they've recognized that throughout the season, that they can't do anything mm, about these the, people. Yeah, and what you said about her character is that... It, it seems like at no point has she shown any inclination of trying to attack or kill someone that she sees as an innocent. Yeah. It sounds like she's always struggling with guilt uh, with the uh, fallout of her choices when she was trying to do what she saw was right and being pretty hard and firm. Um, and so, yeah, it, it very much, you know, sounds something contrary to her character in a big way. And, like, so, what, what is typical for medieval warfare when it comes to peasants? Like, what is the... Because rampaging and pillaging, I imagine they're very much victimized, but I doubt there's an interest in erasing them entirely. I would have thought you'd want to at least maybe absolve, uh, absorb them into your own sort of um, yeah. society. <laughs> Yeah, I assume. Yeah, no, it, it, you gotta make the bread, you gotta have carpenters, you gotta, exactly, have, exactly. gotta have your infrastructure. It, yeah, it always depends. Now, um, uh, 
generally, of course, you would want to keep the peasantry there because they're going to be the means of producing wealth for you. You want to overtake them. But there are circumstances which arise which uh, cause peasants to get caught in the crossfire. One of the examples I know is uh, a siege of uh, a certain castle. Um, oh, I, I want to look up this castle now because it's a really intriguing one. And so you've heard of King John, you know, um, uh, Robin Hood and King John. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he gains power and uh, he is a trash king and he doesn't pay attention to his holdings in Normandy, which is France. And so the king of France, I forget which one, it was either, was it Philip? Might have been Philip. Um, he sees that there's an opening. He like um, uh, There's no real big English presence in Normandy, so he goes to try and take Normandy. And one of the key castles to take is uh, this castle built by Richard the Lionheart, and it is this beautiful thing. Um, but I can't remember the name. It's bugging the heck out of me. If you bear with me, I'll be able to look it up in just a sec. Um, and so uh, to take the Normandy, they got to take this castle. And... Uh, so they besiege the castle and it's taking ages. Uh, so once they besiege the castle, right, all the citizenry, the, the people in the nearby town, flee to the castle for refuge. And there's like over a thousand of them behind these walls. And the castle doesn't have enough um, uh, resources to feed them. And so the, uh, the defenders have to forcibly expel them from the castle. Now, this is interesting because we see some insight for, of the mentality between soldiers and leaders and stuff. The, uh, the attacking French just let them go. Um, ah, Ch Chateau Guillard or Guillard is the name of the castle. So this is the siege of Chateau Guillard. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, they, they just let uh, like about, you know, 500 or so commoners go free and they don't hurt them at all. Um, then the king, the French king comes and sees them doing this and is like, what are you doing? We don't want to let these um, peasants free because they're a drain on our enemy's resources. So if they try and free any more citizens, shoot them. Mm. <laughs> and, and so um, in the castle, they're running out. So they have to expel the rest of the, and there's like 500 or so people. They expel them and the French shoot at them and they have to retreat back to the castle to get out of range, but the castle won't let them in and they are trapped. They can't get past the French troops because they'll be, they get, they just get murdered and they can't get in back into the castle and most of them starve to death. And so, oh, uh, vicious stuff. Well, and it's, yeah. I was just going to say, because like, I guess you get the context. <laughs> I have kept this from you guys just because I just wanted to find out how hilarious this is. This oh, is at me. the point of surrender, Daenerys decides to do this. And uh, I'm not just talking about the bell ringing and everyone basically putting their hands up. The Lannister soldiers, their entire army, they all drop their swords in front of Daenerys' army. They surrendered. <laughs> and it yeah, gets worse because she starts to burn them all, and then our foot soldiers, the, the men of the north, decide to attack and kill all of the men who have dropped their swords. Oh. And John, and John, Mr. Honorable, is like, whoa, guys, oh no, don't do that, stop. And he grabs, like, one of them, he's like, don't do that. And then a Lannister soldier, like, comes out of nowhere and attacks John, and John defends himself and kills him, and thus, well, war begins once again. Oh, there you go. Oh. Yeah, so, historically, when uh, the uh, citizenry... 
Yeah, when the citizenry uh, got in the crosshairs, it was generally for, and I'm, I'm speaking generally, there'll be other examples outside of the ones I'm <clears throat> just sharing here, but it would be um, if they resisted quite strongly and it was retribution for them resisting. Um, other than that, it would be <clears throat> um, if they uh, if there was a particular bias or bigotry on one side and they just wanted to kill these people for any particular reason and i mean if you look to the crusades there were some examples it's funny the crusades are really complicated people think it was always one side trying to butcher the other and there were some big cases of some pretty heavy butchery on both sides but there are other cases where people were let free and there it was far more gentlemanly warfare as well and so like when Jerusalem was taken in the First Crusades, it was a bloodbath inside the walls. But uh, that's what we—that's what we generally um, conclude. Though you can say put up an argument to say, like, as to how reliable those accounts are and things, because usually the losing side will try and betray the winning side as being as brutal as possible, and so the accounts don't fully match up. And so that's a complex thing as well. But if there are grounds to just wipe out citizenry, it does seem like um, having a, a very strong sense of, you know, bigotry on one side is cause for it as well. Um, but those are really the main ones that stick in my mind. I imagine right. that, like, is, there's no way that it can't happen, right? You get a surrendering yeah. faction, and then the other faction is like, okay, okay, and then one guy... Because people want me to mention it was one dude who threw a spear on the good guy team. And then everyone was like, ah, fuck it, let's fight. Um, but it's so unsatisfying to watch narratively, because these, are, these aren't just two warring factions. These are very specific characters doing these things. Yeah, um, exactly. That's what it sounds like. And they have okay. reason to hate Cersei specifically, <clears throat> but they know mm -hmm. that she's not even a liked queen, that she's there through fear and force, and so removing her <laughs> would be something of a, a good thing to all these other people you are now burning. Oh yeah, it was probably it would be probably be more likely that the citizenry would have joined the um the good yeah. guys in this in this instance to attack the queen. <clears throat> yeah, and so very very unsatisfying for a lot of viewers. And so Daenerys now has more blood on her hands than basically any character in Game of Thrones, and this explains why the actress has has previously she's got a lot of statements that are um are telling about this season. But the one that I found interesting was that she uh she wandered around London for three hours after reading it. Out of just shock, yeah. <laughs> Which well, we got oh. the um, we got the the quotes from the chick who plays Arya Stark. Yeah, I guess their character and her boyfriend, and now we've got <laughs> her just like reading the script. Your actors are this. The script is putting your actors into shock. Why are you doing this? <laughs> and, and, and and this is not. Yeah. Um, just quickly, because you might be like, oh, well, you know, everyone complains about everything. It's like, no, this is significant. You've got a fan oh, yeah, base yeah, is revolting I, right now. Yeah, I, and it's, I, I'm pretty, like, I trust the fans in this case. It seems like it's going the way of Last Jedi, which is a tragedy. And that's what, like, this is what, what I'd be considering is like, what do you guys think you, you know, you would want, where, like, how could they salvage it, basically? Like, for me, with The Last Jedi, I, I need that movie taken out of the canon if I'm ever going <laughs> to give the main Star Wars continuity another try. Like, because um, it, it, it's destroyed everything. If anything follows on for that movie, I just can't watch it. it it's done. It's over. And 
and it seems like this might be one of the like uh, like with game of thrones with episode three and now what's happening i'm thinking like gee yeah, they might they'll probably get far like a really strong positive result if they just remade this entire season why well, like, this is the problem with reality is that for some reason this is just out of the question i'm like why not the writers are done, the, the showrunners are done, send them on their way, they can do whatever they want. Now, give yeah. give the season, the actors, if they're not willing to come back or they've extended their contracts, maybe we, we, we have some trouble there. But if everyone is willing, let's do it. Yeah. Let's remake season funny. eight. Like, the Hulk, you know, the Incredible Hulk was made so shortly after the Banner one, and it did really well, because it was better and the other one was trash. Like, and with, with how many Spider-Mans have we had now? <laughs> Yeah, I know, exactly. So, yeah, gosh, I mean, it, it would be the greatest thing in the world if we find out that uh, Last Jedi is just completely retconned. I'll be like, all right, back on board. <laughs> and, and this is the thing, um, a lot of people are like, oh, please let season eight not be a thing. For me, uh, I've been stuck all the way back. I, I didn't like season five that much uh, at all, and I would happily retcon that. But the thing is, like, we're at the point now where, where it's like season eight is that specifically bad that divorced from other kinds of bad that it's like no please please get rid of this one like i'm not kidding here i'm not like memeing i'm like please this is really bad you've ruined the, the the joke is now it's like who haven't they ruined like who who which character isn't damaged by this season and it's like oh yeah i'll tell you what though the memes have been fantastic from uh, oh, uh fan bases amazing God. stuff I love like just the whole meme culture that's around now. I think is just awesome. <laughs> it's just the best. Great uh, way to deal so with the pain. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> like it's such a succinct way to communicate an idea that it, uh, it's awesome. It's so good. Um, how do you get more dragons? How do you get more dragons? Yeah, like you where do they come from? They were extinct, and then Daenerys had three petrified eggs that she brought into a fire that, like, brought them to life. There's no real, like, reasoning for that, other than that's just, it's a magical thing there. She didn't have, have them fuck or something? Nope. Yeah, see, like, with how oh, rare they are, they, I would have been thinking, that's one of the first things you'd probably want to do, is get more dragons. Like, if they're, so, and they are so damn powerful, not if, they just are, Yeah. you want more of those things. Well, see, episode four was like, oh, turns out the dragons aren't very powerful. And then episode five was like, no, they're the most powerful thing in history. There's nothing that can beat them. You're like, oh. And it's so confusing, because, like, I, I mentioned this on, um, I can't remember which stream it was, but I think Rags might have been there, but I, I was talking about how my, um, oh no, it was the one Rags was uh, away for with uh, the, sh the act man. Uh, we, basically, I had a dentist checkup, and, um, she saw I had a game, of, like, a shirt that had Game of Thrones related things on it. Like, oh, yeah, I watched that show, too. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, and, and you know how, how it is as a critical person when you're in a sort of normal social environments. You're not going to be like, oh, I hate it. It's the worst thing ever. You're just like, oh, no, yeah, no, it's great, great stuff, fun stuff. I, you know, you like it. And the dentist told me that uh, they were not liking this season, that it was nonsense. That, and I was just like, oh, God, there's loads of memes in our community about, like, even dentists hate it. <laughs> like, we're pretty much done here. It's, uh, are there, insane. Are, there are, are there some people holding on to their love of the series that they're just like, no, it's good, and I'm going to look for any reason to try and justify it? Yep, or is that whole the last Jedi? We'll see. Well, that's the thing, yeah. Like, it seems like that was the that was the kind of reaction of Last Jedi. There was a lot of people still holding on to, no, it's good, I really liked it. 
But, you know, now the dust has settled, I find a lot of those people have yeah. actually come over and started realizing, yeah, the movie is pretty bad. Which is the thing, right? You can be on... Sometimes people can hate a, say, hate a thing for no good reason or something like that. And, and you could be the one guy who's like, no, 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 guys, you're missing, you're missing the important parts of it that do make it make sense. And there's a lot of people like that right now who feel as though uh, fans are taking this too hot roughly, that this was always going to be what Danny did and it makes sense. And that um, she's caused the deaths of innocent people before and you just, you're just mad. Because there's, there's loads of takes like um, referencing quotes from far long ago where she'd be like, I'm going to raise the kingdom to the ground. back, you know, And everyone's like, yeah, awesome. But it's it's just like a reality of you don't kill women and children who are running for their lives. Like there's no heroic protagonist who can do that justifiably in like a TV show narrative, like to the point of thousands, without us being like, well, you're evil. You're need, bad. Yeah. You're bad now. You're on the shit yeah. list. Pretty much. And a lot of people are like, you could have done it if maybe we had more time to turn her evil. It's really quick. Like, she was yeah. essentially the altruistic godlike character near the beginning of this season. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Well, you know, things happen. And so, yeah, these <laughs> She's people... She's had a bad day, guys, you know? You know how it was it that is. time of the month, clearly, and uh, you don't know what could happen during that time. You wake so. up on the wrong side of the dragon, and you just yeah. you're, you gotta roast some peasants by the thousands. <laughs> And yeah, so give it time, give it conversation. Game of Thrones, I am certain Game of Thrones will be looked back on like Lost and certain other TV shows where it's like, oh god, how it ended though. How it ended though. Uh, that's a tragedy. That is a tragedy. Because like, but we got the books, that's the good thing. See, I've got, I've got the uh, first one right here. Um, and so I think I'll just get into the books, the novels. Yeah, I'd love to hear your take on the books, honestly. Do a book review. Go for it. I'll need to need to get through it. But I do have it on order. You know, just just finish the book since he doesn't apparently. But that, that's the thing. Right. This is why I've been holding off. Is that the series isn't finished, right? That's like, true. And so if when I hit where he's up to and it just ends, I can't. Oh, gee, that bothers me to no end. And so I've been kind of holding off, re really getting into the books because they are finished. Um, it's taken his time. So yeah, something to show you. This happens in the episode. So this is a link I've just sent you guys. It takes you to a, an album. The first screenshot you can see is where they're standing at the time. Second is the pierce. Third oh. is just him grabbing the blade. Fourth is it comes out the other side. Now, this is essentially the boss of the King's Guard fighting against a guy who's pretty strong, in fairness, but um, I'm so done with seeing swords pierce, like, two sides and a body of, of armor like i can't stand it this is a big <laughs> that's oh, like his beard out uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I call it a lightsaber moment i criticize this so much, <laughs> is when swords suddenly moment. become lightsabers and just just can destroy everything unless of course it's a main character the only time you i mean there are examples of armor working well but for the most part right uh, armor generally never works in Hollywood movies unless it's being worn by a protagonist. Then it's fine. Then they can to make save it, them a lot. Then it works. To make it worse, I'm pretty sure, judging from these photos, if you guys can sort of tell, the dude is wearing chainmail and then plate armor on top. <sighs> and this means that the sword pierced a layer of plate, then chainmail. Well, no, it's like, the... like armor is like a magnet. <laughs> if you have a positive and a negative, like chainmail and plate, they cancel out. They cancel out, yeah. And I, it's essentially like you're not wearing armor at all. That's just a mistake on his part. 
See, I, like this is another reason why this stuff just annoys me to no end, right? Is that armor creates a problem. Like if you're fighting someone in armor and you have a hero character trying to beat them, it creates a problem that they need to overcome. You have instant conflict that you can then milk for good narrative storytelling to figure out a way in the, just in the fight scene. You don't even need to go too far in plot, just to, the, the narrative of the fight scene itself for how the character gets through and defeats their opponent. And uh, and so this idea of just, you know, stabbing right through armor, not only is it unrealistic, it also misses out on something that could be really cool because actual historical combat like that, when, you, when it's used realistically to get around problems like this, it's really engaging and it just looks amazing and stuff. Like, how much cooler would this have been if the guy grabbed the blade of his sword and did a Mordhaus strike with the cross guard going through the guy's temple or something like that? Yeah, or um, you have to, he has to wrestle him and get a dagger in his eye or exactly. something. Or, or I have to push yeah. him off something really tall. You know, something creative, not just mm, stab. And, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, Chaos Zeke said uh, he removes the armor and there wasn't <laughs> chain, chain milk. <laughs> chain milk. <laughs> Uh, there wasn't chain underneath. <laughs> so interestingly, after this sword gets pulled out, I don't have a screenshot for this, but um, the guy he attacked takes off all of the armor. It all like comes off. It almost it's almost implied that this stab managed to make it so that uh, the armor failed to stay on. But it does look like I said in the last screenshot, it really does look like he's got chainmail underneath the plate. Uh, if it you does. if you look zoomed in, so. I think it all just falls off at once. But the thing is, right, the, the context is this guy is a zombie that he's fighting, so this doesn't do fuck all anyway. Like, he has to do other things to kill this guy. But I just, seeing it, I was just like, oh my god, what is it with this show? Because, um, I don't know if you saw my Rage video for, um, the, the thing you, the re other episode right the way through, but I, I showed um, a clip from a previous episode in season one where uh, armor works the way armor's supposed to. And it was like really cool. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah, and that was actually an element of the the storytelling because I've I've seen that fight scene. And and yeah, he just the the Dothraki hits him on the side, does spit all, and then it gets jammed. He grabs the weapon, and just kills him. In yeah, it's a really like, nice and simple kill, and yeah. uh, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, they they were using logical realism, and that was kind of a good reflection on the more realistic approach Game of Thrones had once upon a time. Um, and it's interesting that this stuff is happening at the same time when the plot and realism, like with what the characters would naturally do based on their personality, is just going out the window. It's and all so, falling apart. Uh, if you guys would like to click this link. So the first thing I want to bring up again, and this is just, I know this is basically just shitting on Game of Thrones Day, but why not? Because there's a reason <laughs> for this. But, um, but the thing is, you do it because you like the show so much and you're disappointed. Like, like, this is why, you know, I have such vitriol against The Last Jedi is because I love Star Wars. It yeah. was so good and it was just ruined. So oh, I get it. I this get is it. season four, episode five, and I... Uh, really? Hang on. <laughs> Every time I choose the one that I want, it's blocked. I'll be able to find a backup one. And yeah, obviously this will be... This is copyrighted stuff, so I'll just have to pause a lot, but... um particular point I'm going to be unavailable as well. Give me a sec. Yeah, because uh, like there's more than one. This is the thing. If you have, you have another character explaining uh, or, you know, visually showing you what, what armor is worth, um, the clip I'm looking for, which apparently I'm not allowed to show, maybe it's <gasps> tied to like something else, but um, he basically... Watch this video on YouTube. 
Uh, I don't think I, because there's a cut, I want to, I want to move around it a little bit. It'll be tough, but I might actually have no choice here because I can't seem to find a third alternative. Um. Well, while you're doing that, I'll just share some of my own also pet peeves about the whole armor thing as well. Yeah, go for it. I'll do screenshots. That'll work. It seems like when they show armor working in uh, movies and TV shows and stuff, it's always full plate armor and everything. And uh, But the thing is, there's so many other types of armor that are just phenomenally effective. Male, you know, and just even padded armor, gambeson and leather and stuff. Like leather, rare, as a whole other subject. But even if you do have types of more historically accurate leather armor, this stuff is is good. You wore it for a reason. And it would, oh, I would love it if a movie actually did a scene of someone wearing a, a like a really thick quilted gamison, which is a type of quilted um, armor. And this stuff is actually surprisingly effective at stopping certain types of arrow fire, depending on the type of arrowhead. And it would be this, it would just be such a good scene if you had this character wearing this uh, gambeson and he just gets pelted with arrows, but because they're the wrong heads, they don't penetrate, but they get stuck in the, in the, because they get, when you shoot a gambeson, the arrow does get stuck in, but they don't fully penetrate. And so you can have this hero character who's just pin cushioned with all these arrows, but they haven't penetrated fully and is still just going at it like a beast. That would be awesome. And so it's another cool narrative element that you could employ by looking at things more realistically. So even when I'm playing Mordhau and I've got a character that I make who's supposed to be like very nimble and light, I'll still put a helmet on him to prevent the one-shot kills to the head. Oh, yeah. Power is really important. And I love seeing it work. It's yeah, satisfying. Point, it, it shouldn't just be a uniform. It is It is satisfying. It's details that you pick up on. Um, when we were watching, when Mahler and I, I think Wolf was there too, when we were watching Terminator 2, they pay, they're, they're accurate to the amount of rounds weapons have, and the characters have to reload weapons, and they you know that that creates an amount of tension when you know that you just can't shoot indefinitely at the bad guy mm -hmm. yeah a, armor it, is the same way yeah these the, the little details and they really really help uh so this is the timestamp. if you just jump with that that video and just play you can play it on mute if you want but i'll uh i'll show it for everybody as well people will know about this if um they've watched any game of thrones but the idea is that the hound is trying to teach aya that uh, it doesn't matter how quick you are, or whatever, uh, if you're against somebody with armor. She goes to stab him with what is a very <laughs> sharp... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and he's so and unimpressed by her, and just slaps her down. <laughs> so that, And I'm just having a closer look at his armor here. This looks like brigandine. Um, let's have a look. Okay, so there's a lot of studs on the front. If those studs are holding metal plates underneath like a layer of cloth or leather, yeah, you, you, metal, it doesn't matter even how pointy it is. If it's like solid plate made like to a good level of quality, you're not going to get thrown with a sword. <laughs> and so that's a great scene. <laughs> what happened? Oh, yeah, and to clarify, it's not that swords cannot pierce uh, plate armor, right? It is possible in certain contexts. Uh, it depends. Generally, if, if it's plate armor, right, and it's made to a certain level of quality, like it's not tin-plated dirt or iron, 
you, you no swords will not penetrate the plate it's almost i'll go for, so far to say impossible unless you have insane amounts of power behind it the circumstances in which you will penetrate plate armor is if you're on a horse and you have a couched lance and with a full gallop then you have a chance of getting through it but even then Proper made armor is made to deflect strikes like that to the side. It doesn't like, it isn't a flat impact on a flat surface. And so more often than not, things like that will deflect. Mm -hmm. So uh, the way that, that you get through armor is going for the gaps, the joints, okay? You can get through mail, but people think mail is uh, just, again, if you're thrusting and you've, you've got a pointy weapon like Arya's weapon here, um, uh, that it'll always go through mail. No, no, it's, it's much tougher. So, and that's the thing, yeah. it was fun to see it, because it was like, oh, actually, like, paid attention to the point where they're having stuff like that, but it's just thrown out the window as of recently. Well, I, I say what as did, of recently yeah. for a long time. What does it do to this scene? Yeah, what happened? Because that's great, like, oh, that, that that's exactly how it would go. Um, and, yeah, and yeah, just a real shame, because you'd think that these are the things that they would want to maintain. Like it's 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 like oh, you're a medieval show, prime uh, celebrated for your um, your sort of accuracy details. Even though the production stuff for their clothing, a lot of people are uh, always ready to talk about how great they do for that. Um, by the way, the videos I actually wanted to pull up, I've watched them with people on Watch Together before, but now it keeps telling me that um, playback on other websites has been disabled by video owner. So it's just like oh, okay. Yeah. There's a couple of ones I wanted to go through, or at least casually, but I suppose I can just talk about them instead. Um, so this video will take you to, and again, you can just sort of scan around it on mute. I'll try and get it up for people to The idea is that um, John is trying to sort of rescue uh, the people who have been held captive by rogue members of the, um, the Night's Watch. And uh, mm -hmm. he bumps into Carl Tanner, who is essentially their boss, and um, he wants to have like a sort of fight with them. If you look at the place that they're in, it's quite small. Um, daggers. He's using daggers. And uh, yeah, he's got two daggers as a sort of choice of weapon, and John has obviously has the long sword. And they're in a very small environment, so a lot of people were just like, "There's just no way John can win here because he can't even get like a swing or barely even a stab." Uh, see, see, I have seen like actual HEMA practitioners practice daggers against swords, and there are ways like you know you can win with a dagger, but you need to fight very intentionally and very specifically. Basically, you have to block the first strike from the longsword because if you don't, you're dead. It's mm -hmm. game over. And there are so many you know yeah, disadvantages piled against you, especially with reach, right? But one of the best ways to block a, like a, a sword is if it's coming in with a strike. And so if you're fighting with someone with daggers, you would generally do better thrusting than swinging. Um, uh, but of course, he's, he's only doing swings here, right? Um, and even then, you still have a big advantage with reach, but if you can block one of those strikes with a dagger and lock it away, you just rush them and just go crazy stabbing at the throat or something. You can win, but it's very difficult, very difficult. People always think it's an even fight. No, it's profoundly skewed in advantage to the person using the sword, and if they have any brains on how to use it, the guy with the sword will generally always win. You could even, uh, you could half-sword with this, right? What a fight. 
Well, it's funny, like the confines here, people, again, try it like, this is, I think, a, a more role-playing trope that comes from like D&D where you always get a uh, like a penalty on your attack roll if you're in confined spaces no matter what but and uh, and people look at this scene it's like well this is confined spaces not really there's a decent mm -hmm. amount of room um and because you don't do wild swings with a longsword you do con controlled swings and the sword is usually always kept within your center of gravity and stuff and so you only need like half a meter on either side to move this sword around you know almost fully it's only in the big wide heavy swings where you need more and then if you're also focused on thrusting you're not really at a disadvantage in this situation um most people's take on it was just the fact that it's such a small uh confined sort of fight like if it was an open space then the sword is pretty much gonna definitely win but there's so little space to move and swing that the second the dagger man gets in it should be over because the dagger was just, you know, in and out, in and out, in and out, over and over again with both of them, potentially. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You don't want the dagger person to close the distance. And so yeah. that's where you always keep the point of your sword on point, right, you know, along the center line. And, uh, and uh, like, if I was doing it, I'd actually wait for the dagger guy to try and engage the blade, to try and push it aside with his knives or something, because then all you have to do is withdraw your blade, uh, deny him the opportunity of engaging it, but then his daggers are already in a position, you know where they are, and you can re-engage where they're not because you're right there and then stab right into the chest or something. Because um, we know your armor doesn't do anything in this series anymore. <laughs> I'm looking at the guy's armor, it looks like thin dress leather that like that wouldn't stop anything that's the other thing about leather people think leather armor was huge everyone used it so they put it in fantasy all everywhere and when they put leather you know armor in fantasy it's thin thin like dress leather which honestly like that won't stop it'll barely stop anything there are there are basic cuts of course but a good thrust is not going to do spit against uh I think you guys might have left the watch together. The the Oberyn and um, uh, the mountain fight, actually, I can actually pull it up, luckily, so that's good. If you guys want to jump back in, um, then uh, we, we could, I could at least scan around it. You mentioned it before. Um, is, was there anything off the top of your head you wanted to mention about it first? or Oberyn and the mountain? Yeah. Um, uh, oh, gee, it's been too long for me to mention specifics about it. I liked his sword. Um, <laughs> it's a beautiful big sword. Well, no, Oberon is using. Oh, like a you mean partisan. right, right? Yeah, I'm talking about the sword. The other guy um, is using. Who, which guy is he? The mountain, the who is fighting, or is yeah, he... the mountain's the big dude, and then Oberon yeah. is the viper, or at least I think that's what. Yeah. Yeah, the sword he's using is. I. It's so big and beefy. It just looks awesome, right? Um, <laughs> he's yeah. a. Probably much the best knight sort of uh, stereotype you could be at that point. The size, weight, height. It's a top tier knighthood. There. He just needs a shield, I think. <laughs> but I'll need to probably watch it again to point out specifics. It's just been too long since I've seen it. My general impression from what I remember is that it wasn't too bad of a fight scene. From What's, um, just from memory. How common would it be to have... Less so, as, like, I know that spears were relatively common, but a spear in this regard, using it in combat like Oberyn does, where you, it almost seems like um, it's in replacement of a sword. Like, he's using it so uh, efficiently that it comes across as, like, he clearly values it over a sword, even in close combat sort of thing, as opposed to just preparing for a specific uh, goal. 
Oh, well, it's fully viable. Spears are devastating um, swords, even 1v1. Um, uh, a lot of HEMA groups have tried it, and there's even other really good um, kind of medieval history-related YouTube channels, uh, Scholar Gladiatoria and Lindy Beige. They did a, a yeah, collaboration. Yeah, the collaboration, Swords vs. Spear, one-on-one uh, -on -one and in a lot of other situations, and the Spear just dominated. When I say die, it wasn't like flawless victory in every case, but they generally the spear always came out on top versus the sword. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, even in one-on-one, -on -one, the spear is just phenomenal, but there are problems with the spear that make it not like the... Because there's no such thing as the ultimate weapon. It's always about about situation, the context that you're in. And so um, the things the that the spear... The ultimate weapon is the best thing ever. <laughs> oh, of course it is. <laughs> Um, the spear is n like not great against multiple opponents. It's hard to keep multiple opponents at bay. Uh, sword, you can do pretty wide swings, and so that's a, a big advantage with a sword. Sword is more convenient, more easy to carry around. Um, and uh, though the sword isn't as good at thrusting as a spear is, it's much better at cutting than a spear. And so it, it really depends on what you on kind of what you're doing, what you need, the circumstances you're around. Um, so yeah, it, it and also just what you're practiced in as well. Even if a spear is, you know, it might have an advantage, right? If you are simply better with the sword because you're trained with it more often, you're not going to pick a spear in a one-on-one -on -one fight. You'll pick yeah. with the one that you can fight better with. Who would if if we were to assume these guys are the best of their ability uh, in this scenario, and then uh, I guess you'd probably need to know the specifics of their actual armor as well, because it looks like uh, Oberyn's wearing leather. While the mountains probably got plates, I think. Yeah, um, see, it's interesting because I've done sparring against a spear as well, and what the spear uh, can be very difficult to fight with when you close the distance. And that's what I found. If I was firing at someone in, with a spear, all I needed to do was deflect the first strike, like that. The, like the a, yeah, if, and because as soon as you get past that first that first strike, if you close the distance, then and just because the sword, you can cut the sword right up towards the hilt. And so you actually can fight fa in fairly close quarters with the sword still. And you just rush them. And uh, kind of like daggers against sword is reversed. In this situation, you want to fight with the sword like you would be fighting with the daggers if you were fighting daggers against sword. But in this case, it's sword against spear. Yeah, you just rush them. And, uh, and so you can win, you know, effectively if you can exploit the weaknesses that the weapon mm. has. Because obviously the, the way this fight goes is that... Um... Spear can't do much until he starts targeting like the weaker areas, so like splits between the armor or I think behind his legs is where he uh, gets a few hits in. Uh, yeah, see, if he's getting a few hits, like, because if he could rely on his armor, this is the other thing that um, a lot of uh, HEMA, like, you know, even HEMA fighting and stuff, it's all about most of it is training as if you are unarmored. There is, there is of course, armored HEMA, historical European martial arts, but the fighting style is completely different because uh, and what i see in movies and tv shows is it's always as if they're they're fighting as if they're unarmored um uh, the way that they want to keep their guard the way they're always trying to block every single strike that comes in but if you're wearing armor you know you have a huge amount of protection and so the mountain in this instance 
if he could rely on his armor, he could just let Oberon land one strike or whatever, rely on his armor and just do a huge swing and chop the guy in two. Yeah. Because one, this is one of the other big advantages of having such a large sword is when you do a big sweeping strike, that's a large area that you're covering in a big attack. And so it's the only way to dodge it is kind of to move back. And if you try and duck under it, you just put yourself in a worse position to get destroyed. And so uh, it becomes a bit more difficult to actually dodge a cut than it is to a, to a for a thrust. And so there's another pro and con between sword and spear. And so, yeah, the mountain, he could just take a hit and destroy him. But movies and TV shows, they never re – well, they rarely do it. Because we do see that once with the um, – What's the, the the bodyguard versus the Dothraki guy that we mentioned before? Oh, that's Jorah. He takes a hit on armor. Yeah. Jorah, yeah. He just takes the hit on armor and destroys him. That's fight. That's you know relying on your armor. So there is an instance of that being done in a TV show, uh, but of course they they just kind of give up on it. That's uh, if you, that should be the standard rule. If you're always wearing armor, rely on it. Use the damn stuff because it's really well. useful. Interestingly, because of the way this fight ends, I'll try and talk about it once we get there, but um, talking about the wide swing sort of thing, like he splits his spear in two here and makes it, like pushes it away, which is always going to be a benefit that his sword isn't always going to be able to crack down on it, because it's a wooden spear with a tip, right? So if it was a... Is there such a... They would have steel spears, would they, or would they not? Well, the thing is, uh, like, in reality, swords aren't great at chopping wood. They're not really made to do that. And so... Unless it's a huge sword, and granted, in this fight with the mountain, he is using a huge sword, so that one would have much higher chances of getting through like a, a hardwood staff mm -hmm. or shaft of some kind. But regularly, a sword in in a, a random fighting situation will rarely ever chop hardwood into. Well, for one of the other reasons, right? You can do it if the wood is actually like. Uh, stuck into the ground and is braced and won't like sway away but in someone's hand if you hit a shaft really hard you just knock it aside because that the, there's so much more give with someone holding it and because of that it's not uh, braced against anything you never will really chop through it um and the and there are some instances which things did break off because of damage or uh, abuse and stuff and so what they did they added I think they're called lanyards or something, or oh, I forget the name. They're basically metal braces on either side that run maybe a foot or so down the shaft. And so you see this on pole axes. If you look at like some pole axes, you'll see these metal strips on either side, which is just to fix the head on the shaft even more securely. And with those things, there is absolutely no chance you're ever going to chop the head off either there. So very like, yeah, rarely would ever happen in reality. Not to say it can't, but just rare. Yeah. Because the, the one part we're about to get to, so uh, if we assume this is one of the sharpest and strongest spears going, uh, would it be possible if you sprinted a guy with, uh, let's just say, some of the top-rated plate armor, could you pierce it? No. 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 It's, it's metal. <laughs> like, if it's hardened steel... Uh, oh, no. <laughs> what about, um, like, I don't know if you can, if you're in sync with the video, but I don't know if you can make out what kind of armor the mountain's wearing here. I actually don't have the video up. I didn't get the link. Oh, no, I'm, uh, it's in the wash together. Oh, where's that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I've just been, I, it's, it's good. It's just a visual for the audience. They can see it. But I was just going to say, if okay. you, can you see it? Yeah, or no? I, I, don't, I don't have it. Um, you're in the wash together, right? Don't know. I'm just in the chat. Uh, the link, the um, 
So this link. It says you're in here because I think Rags always shows up with an actual face, so I'm assuming it's you. Yeah, boy. Oh, hang on. I see what it is. Yeah, okay. I thought that was just a link to a single video and we had moved past it. Oh, no. It, I can I'm swap with... them out and stuff. Um, I'm with us now. Oh, so wait, I'm Rags, you've seen this whole time, have you? Yeah, I've been watching this whole time. Okay, the cool. Three minutes, 45 seconds. That's, yeah, so uh, just let me know, Shad, if you can see yeah, what I'm, I'm talking I'm, about. Yeah, I'm with us now. Now it's lagging. Um, if you, uh, what can you, what can you discern from the mountain's armor? All right, see, this is interesting. Like, it looks like a type of coat of plates or brigandine, where you see distinct squares kind of underneath uh, a leather facing by the look of it. That's riveted. Now, if those are proper, like, hardened steel plates, a spear isn't going to get through it. But the thing is, the way this is made, those plates, they are separated. And so you could stab through them, actually, you know, quite easily if you can land the spear in between those things, which is, funnily enough, why this type of armor was never made in reality. Like, if you have a coat of plates, the plates are much bigger and they overlap on top of one another on the edges, so it's much, much harder to uh, get in between the gaps. I mean, yeah, I so, think that makes sense. I don't know if we'll, we can see it from the actual hit. It's not playing for me anyway right now, which is great. Uh, but we can assume then that that's what he does, maybe? <laughs> At yeah, least it would it would make sense between, that way. If he landed in between those plates, yeah, uh, they, it could get through. But uh, that's one of the pet peeves I have with Game of Thrones armor design. You see, like, the classic Stark armor in the beginning of the series, where you see, like, um, you know... Uh, the the main guy um, Sean Bean wearing at the at the beginning uh, that that armor you see distinct plates underneath this leather but like half centimeter gaps in between the the plates is like that's a big opening right there it almost and so, if you can see it there it almost looks like the armor's flapped up he's managed to stab him maybe yeah might have. yeah which is just unfortunate in the case of the mountain at that point <laughs> just the last thing you want but um so the spear could feasibly s stab through uh like a strong gambeson do you reckon or yes feasibly yes uh that see gambesons do better against cuts than thrusts and so if you did want to get through gambeson you do want to try and thrust and there is a better chance that you could get through it in those situations but not to say in every situation there are many situations where gambeson protects quite well um you actually would have better chances thrusting through a proper gambeson with like a spear or weapon than you would shooting through it with an arrow where like if the gambeson has the right amount of layers it is surprisingly uh effective at um protecting against arrows and stuff unless the arrow is like a, a specific type of arrowhead like a bodkin or something then it has better chance of getting through. So, yeah, it, it, it depends. It's always it's always varied. Yeah, the, oh, there's um, the armor I was talking about, the, the Stark armor. See those the gaps between those plates? Yeah. Like that bad design there, not good. I mean, that, is, that, is that plate or is that like, it just looks like leather to me? Is, is it? Well, see, it, it looks like a leather face with metal plates underneath that's being riveted. And so it's ah, a okay. type of weird coat of plates. Uh, real coat of plates uh how, yeah they're, like they're not designed like that they're made to actually protect the wearer ah of course i've completely forgotten as it's, i always do um shad who do we have a yep. running thing with this podcast with each of the guests and the hosts uh 
to guess who do you think will be the most inconsistent character in relation to the past writing that they've had in episode 9 of Star Wars. And uh, you cannot vote for Kylo, because that's the obvious choice. Um, and you cannot vote for Palpatine and Lando, because they're obviously going to be ruined. So, who do you think well, will be the most poorly written and screwed up? Ray. You're going no, for Ray. Well, uh, just going off track record, I guess. Um, uh, I could be a bit harsh on Ray, but she really just fell apart in The Last Jedi uh, and everything. And yeah, I, I would probably say Ray, but it depends because JJ is back at the helm. And I think is like, it's funny, you know, that I actually was close to making a uh, reaction to the. Uh, the trailer for the next Star Wars because it just looked like they're doing the same mistakes. They're uh, falling back on relying on nostalgia and mm -hmm. flashy vigils and impressive, you know, fighting and things. And especially with that Palpatine life at the end, like that is so cheap. It's like, we don't have any confidence <laughs> in writing a good story. We're just going to bring back something from when Star Wars was good and try and shoehorn it into this one so we get you to watch it. Yeah, I, I genuinely, I think you can make a good argument for literally any character being the most inconsistent at this point. <laughs> That's where we're at. Uh, but yeah, go ahead, Rex. What's interesting is I was reading the comments on that fight we just watched, and there's a lot of people saying things essentially to the effect of, remember when Game of Thrones was good? Yeah. <laughs> That's season four. That's 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 when I was at my peak investment, and that fight has always been looked up by a lot of people as very, very good. And it looks like it passes Shad's inspection, from what I can tell. So, um, well, unfortunately, I missed most of it when we watched it. Oh, so. well, I'll just pretend. <laughs> yeah, we'll just say it was great. Um, with this one, uh, you don't really well, need to know the context. It's obviously a group of dudes. But, yeah, I will just say on the end of the last one is even though its ending is graphic as all hell, I do like the fact that they ha show fights can get mixed up and that there's grappling involved in things because that was reality as well. Uh, fights could degenerate. You can grab the opponent's blade. It's, it's a realistic, gritty kind of approach. As to could he do that? Uh, he's obviously, you know, in fiction, he has the strength, but the actual ability to crush someone's head with your hands... Yeah, you're gonna need an Iron Man set of like hands to be able to do that, probably. Yeah, like I, the mountain is I'm a not, large I'm, person. I just haven't researched, you know, uh, the techniques of crushing someone's head with your hands, so I can't really say how realistic it is. Yeah, you know, what? I, I assume be. there is a level of strength someone could reach that they'd be able to do it. I just don't know if it's uh, it happening. Maybe the <laughs> argument is that he pulled the skull apart by putting both thumbs in each eye and then sort of blew it up. I don't know. Uh, Either way, uh, graphic as hell, as you just said. <laughs> that shocked a lot of fans uh, forever. But yeah, so this fight is two dudes versus five, I think? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. And um, in the in the lore of Game of Thrones, this is the sword in the morning is, is his like nickname. He's Arthur Dane, supposed to be the greatest sword in, in Westeros at this point, I believe. And the, his, like, accolade is he defeated the Smiling Knight, who's supposed to be the, the greatest previous to him. And, um, yeah, so the good guys are trying to get into the tower, and uh, these guys are defending it. So if I can try and just, uh, we'll try and play it nice out of clips and then see what, see what you can see for uh, interesting commentary. But already we're dealing with the fact that these guys seem to be in a much better armor setup with what they have compared to these dudes. Um, 
Well, it's interesting, right? If they wanted to win this, okay, it's so funny uh, and it annoys me. It seems like whenever there's a castle in a movie, they just ignore the fact that they have a castle. If these guys really wanted to stop, you know, um, these guys getting in the castle, they would stay in the castle and shut the door. They're walking out on, on open ground is just an invitation for someone to use archery as them. Just shoot them from a distance. It's, a, yeah. it's an open invitation. And so that's what this would be my first comment on this fight is that, okay, if they really wanted to beat one side or the other, I mean, the guys, the, the Starks, they got shields. We see some shields here. So they have something that can protect against arrow fire. Uh, the other guys, I didn't really see any shields there, and so that's what you'd want to use. Just well, they make up for it with no helmet. For uh, I'll just be the yeah. Game of Thrones lore guy here. Uh, I believe it's just a tower that they're defending here, and there's a they don't want anyone to get into the tower because there's something in the tower that's a secret. But I suppose that doesn't mean necessarily that they shouldn't be in the tower defending it from these guys, because either way. They want to kill them. Well, they don't assume, have so. yeah. They don't have siege like engines. They they'd have to what try and build a battering ram to get down the knock down the door because it, it's funny, right? Uh, in the medieval period, there were things called tower houses, which were basically just towers, right? But they were made out of stone. They had no large windows that you could uh, crawl through, and so they were still really well fortified. Mm -hmm. And they were like in a lot of situations, they were used to prevent bandits from stealing the food, and and the the community would stockpile their resources in this tower house. And then there are other cases where a lord had it that was his kind of personal residence, but like so, the only option you have then is to knock down the door. But then. That means whoever's trying to get through the door, you can fight them one at a time. They're bottlenecked. Mm -hmm. And so even if the, this tower doesn't have crenellations to shoot it from and and uh, it isn't doesn't have an outer wall, just having a fortified tower is still a massive, you know, tactical advantage that they're not using at all here. So, yeah. Um, and so the reputation of him being the best swordsman, a lot of people were upset because... In the book, I believe, I can't confirm this, he has one sword and he's very good with it. In the show, to be flashy, they gave him two, and he dual wields at the same yeah. time. What is um, what is the commentary on that? What's, what's the viability of dual wielding exactly? Dual wielding is actually significantly uh, effective, right? When you're fighting against someone one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and, uh, and there are like, you know, uh, historical treatises showing dual wielding techniques and stuff, but it was more done as kind of novelty, uh, because the thing is, uh, if you take it to a battlefield, the reason why you don't want to dual wield is because of, uh, there are other weapons that are more effective against armor essentially. And so you want to use something two handed heavy, like a pole axe or something like that. Uh, or and if you, and that's if you're wearing armor and stuff. If you're not wearing armor, you're always going to use your offhand to hold a shield. Uh, the shield is your main, you know, important thing. And so, what would win? Uh, what like what's more advantageous, uh, sword and shield against uh, sword and sword, like dual wielding? That's a that's actually a fairly close fight right there. Um, it's hard to call one or the one way or the other. Um, because dual wielding, right, in a one-on-one -on -one situation, and if you're fighting someone who only has a sword, you're almost guaranteed to win unless you're unless you're fighting a particularly skilled person who can do it. Because, like, I've tried this just in casual sparring sessions, fighting against someone, in, in, even with sword and shield, right, with uh, dual wielding, it's so easy to get them to look at one weapon and just hit them with the other one where they're open. And so dual wielding is very effective. In this situation, um, because they don't have, you know, uh, bows and arrows they're not using archery against him it is a fairly big good pick okay um 
the thing that would really put him in a situation is if they just use arrow fire because you can't block arrows with yeah. swords, not in real life. Yeah. And so you'd say it is viable here then, would you? Or, it's viable. It yeah. is, in this specific situation, it is actually viable. I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of depictions of dual wielding with a sword and a knife or a, a shorter weapon in one hand. Yeah, absolutely. That was where it became... Yeah, so when I was saying it was more rare and stuff, I was really referring to two equal-sized weapons in each hand. When dual wielding was actually far more common was uh, with rapier and dagger, and the reason why you use a shorter weapon in your offhand... Oh, there it goes, through the armor. Have you got... Yeah, I was going to say, have you, can you guys see that clearly? The pause? It looks like he's wearing mail underneath it as well. It was like mail. Oh god, yeah, you're right. Coat of plates. Let me take a look. It's let me see if the what if I can get better. Yeah, I can see the quality's better on YouTube. So let me. If you guys have got my stream up, you'll be able to see the screenshot like right there as well because that's um, questionable, <laughs> especially with the chain armor. <laughs> It would never happen. That's technically three layers of armor. What? Well, no, he's even Four. he's wearing a Wait. tunic underneath, and so he's even got a measure of padding under the mail. Then it looks like he's wearing a type of gambeson. So padding, mail, gambeson, and coat of plates. And, and, and let's not forget off. flesh and bone potentially. Like oh, it, that sword's a lightsaber. And he did that with one hand. <laughs> One-handed. This guy is a beast right here <laughs> in a spin, just for show. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, spinning can be fun. It can be. Uh, see what it's doing here. No, you can use it as a type of intimidation. Um, but the problem with spinning is that there's always this position where your sword is not guarding yourself when you're returning it to where you spun it from. See, that's a good shot. From yeah, that neck. makes sense. Yeah, avoiding the armor. See, that's that's great. Um. And so, yeah, when you're spinning, see what it's doing here? If you just see right where you paused it, he's open. This is what this is why spinning is bad, because the spinning puts yourself in a situation where you will be open. And if someone just ran in with a, a it's big like dribbling thrust, a basketball. Extend, mm -hmm. yeah, extended thrust, they would get him. And so guard positions exist for a reason. It's to protect yourself. You right, hold the right. sword in between you and your opponent. Like he, he can't know the guy to his right here. He can't know that this guy can't thrust immediately. Exactly, he's not even looking at him. <laughs> and so if that guy just he's playing did a Assassin's really Creed. heavy lunge into <laughs> his armpit or on the side and try and get right in the side into his lung and then maybe the heart, like, that could have been game over. And yeah, if he's, if he's playing this in third person, he might have a shot, at least because he'll yeah. know. But I don't think that's how well, it works. He needs to start a finishing move so that all the other guys wait for him to get done before they attack again. Okay, see... So it, what's interesting, what he's doing here, right? He's standing still. Um, uh, I've sparred against more, like where it's uneven, where it's like four against one. And what you end up doing is you're moving all the time because the guys are trying. See the guys who were facing his trying back? Trying to surround him. That is an open invitation. They should just rush him on his back. And he's standing still. See, what he would be doing is he should be moving to his left and try and put everyone in on front one side, of him. Yeah. You don't want to anyone get behind you like that because his so legs look that, like a really vulnerable spot oh, right now right there imagine getting behind the knees just slicing those tendons yep yeah. down you go yep more spinning more spinning <laughs> <laughs> so this is actually what it looks good it's not realistic it right? looks good yeah but it looks great and so i'm not going to criticize it because they do want fights to look just awesome and they do that so that's cool
But it helps that this is all one shot. Because if you start mm -hmm. zooming in and cutting quickly, we can't tell what's going on. Exactly. But then the problem becomes that choreographers have a much rougher time to teach all of these guys how to make a convincing sword fight that they've never done in their lives, potentially. And all for one two-minute scene in an episode of a TV show that's been running for years. You know, it's just... It's probably not worth the payoff, so they just try yeah, and make it look flashy. Focus, yeah. yeah, he's got them all on one side, at least. So he's, he's following some of your advice there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he moved to one side, uh, so they weren't at his back. Good to see. Double strike in Next the neck. Next shot, yeah. More spinning. More <laughs> spin. You gotta get them style points up. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's very tempting to just. I wish I could let this run, but I mean. So, what why the did, other guys are doing? Why didn't his sword just cut straight through the shield and just turn it, just cut it right in half? Yeah. So these other guys. Better than armor. They're just flailing. There is no form. There's no guard position. There's, they're just swinging wildly. And of course, like. You see people do this when they don't know anything about real sword fighting, and of course the actors don't, and so that's exactly what they, you know, just default to. No, like, one of the things that you want to do is when uh, you're with sword fighting is you have a proper stance, that's a guard position, and your strike should lead into another guard position or another attack from a good position. And so when you see actual sword fighting, it's so for, like, precise and specific, it looks great. But this, they just flailing their arms around with a weapon in it, basically. So, it's funny. Don't pick that shield up. <laughs> oh, so oh, that has oh, got to oh. be a great advantage of dual swords. Yeah. Because you can only block doing one Doing that with one... Yeah, but see, doing that with one sword would have done the job. And technically, both swords were in the same attacking position. And so... When you actually, if you're wanting to do like a double attack, you want to put the weapons far enough apart from one another so you wouldn't be at the opponent couldn't block, but block both with one weapon. Mm -hmm. Um, but it looks cool, don't get me wrong. That, 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 oh, yeah, I guess yeah. what I was trying to highlight was more just um, he's in a position where he can only block one, so he's free to do whatever he wants with the other. He just he sort of just does a move that he probably could have done with one sword, you're right, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. either way, that is supposed to be the benefit of dual swords is that. It frees one yeah. while you use the other to block the enemy sword, I suppose. And... <laughs> oh, is, he, is he wearing armor, though, that guy? This oh, no, one, he is. Um, that's dark armor. Yeah, that's dark armor. This one, and it's not through a gap, or at least it doesn't look like it's through a gap. They really like doing the uh, pierce yeah, right through, they, don't they? they? But it's like we've seen scenes where they don't do it either. Maybe, maybe, again, they probably think only metal armor really protects. And... and yeah, yeah. But that sword is clearly and, um, the same. The saying. fact that he couldn't even get a, a really good, like, you know, like a charge and strike uh, sort of power behind it. This was, this was he blocked one and just straight up just stabbed him straight through. Yeah. Like, and if these other guys, yeah, like, if it, say say someone like this with this skill level really existed and uh, he was just, tr he start, he's fighting and is holding him at bay, right? And these guys can already see they're starting to get outmatched. You know what would have been just a really good move on their behalf is one of those guys behind drop their weapons, rush him, and just grab him, <laughs> just hold him still. And even if they get run through like this guy, if that guy get just got stabbed, was able to wrap his arms around him and just hold him long enough for someone to chop off his head, game over right there. Yeah. So that, yeah. See how poorly made that breastplate is? Like that is fantasy trash. 
Oh, it's, the one, it's not even yeah. fitting him properly. Well, like, look at look at the amount. Like, I was about to say he's a lot of him is exposed. <laughs> yeah, like the, the 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 opening for the arm is looping down really low. It's the the sides of the breastplate are like clashing with each other, overlapping quite a lot. There's a big gap um in between the neck and and the edge where where the arm is. It's too low on the gap between the breastplate and the fold, and it's too flat at, on the front as well. So. The, the so, armor he's wearing is trash. His Tell me about like this a... grip. Oh, the the reverse grip. Yeah. Oh that, yeah, that's he's... that's a thing, right? No, no, <laughs> don't do it. Don't, don't do it. But but with the katana, it's a plus ten damage if you hold it reverse grip. <laughs> No, you have le you have less articulation, and it's harder to engage your muscles to do heavy strikes in the reverse grip, and so it, it's bad. Don't do it. <laughs> What about a? Uh, it looks. It looks cool. Ned Stark's stance here, where he's got his arms the way they oh. are. Is that a? Uh, is that anything, or is that no. just casual? So it always no, thought it, it looked kind of weird to me. No, that's not a stance at all. Like, um, it's close to uh, a low guard, which is like the full. Um, uh, uh, and so if you, you like. So hang on, actually, I can get the full and another guard mixed up sometimes. But if you hold it low, point it towards your opponent. So basically, if he was holding that sword like that, but moved it to his other hand in front of him, that is a kind of guard position. But he's holding it like on his side towards his back, mm -hmm. and the sword's not really doing anything here. And it's basically presenting his leg and arm to be cut. It's like free free shot right there. Because I'm curious what he's setting up for here, like how many things he's accounting for, and I think he just goes for a uh, thrust immediately, I can't remember. Oh no, that's yeah, not so, at well, all. <laughs> a wide swing. That swing was so telegraphed, where he yeah. led in yeah. with his shoulder and arm, and like, it's, it's, it's just telling your opponent what you're doing and beforehand. It's, and, it's, and it's almost it's like you'd like, let that hit your breastplate. Because he was going right <laughs> yeah. for his breastplate, so you just let it hit you and stab him. Exactly. It's not even thanks, I guess. It doesn't, it's area. not particularly powerful either. It was just sort of. Yeah. And this is the problem, right? When you that wouldn't really hurt if you didn't have armor. It's rare for a lot of media to survive this level of scrutiny, but hell, it would be great if they did. You know. Oh gosh, yeah. Like sword fights that actually have historical, you know, elements in. They just look amazing. I actually want to show you, you guys. Seen the something. duelist. See that I know is one that has uh, much more historical sword fights in, but I actually haven't watched it, which is shame I've, on me. I've actually. only seen that like was... some of the clips on YouTube, and the fights are very tense. Yeah, the, yeah. The duelist is actually a very well-known uh, movie for having realistic sword fights in. Yeah, so some wide, heavy swings. He's aiming for the swords here. See, if you had a look at those strikes, right, even if the swords didn't connect, they would have missed because they're not aiming for their opponent. Yeah. They're aiming for the opponent's weapon. And on the part of Arthur so, Dane, it seems to me that he's just blocking Ned's sword and not taking advantage of the fact that he has two. Yeah, like he's exactly. using one to block and not fighting back with it. But, uh, yeah, obviously he ends up losing this fight. Uh... Technically speaking, which is which was inevitable, I guess, from a swordsman that's better than him and has the uh, the two sword advantage here, which you would you would define that as a as a, an advantage, right? The um. Oh yeah, yeah, huge advantage. There was a lot of engage like points where the swords are connecting. See how he just blocked both low. He, he didn't need to do that. He could have blocked it with one sword and thrust with the other, and Ned would be dead instantly right there. And so. 
Yeah. Almost there. I would let it run. It's just copyright's gonna hit us otherwise. Yeah, I know. Oh, armor works that time. We actually oh, used his... use it. Oh, that was his gauntlet. brace, right? A gauntlet. A gauntlet. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a metal brace. So it's not really a gauntlet because it doesn't have a hand gu um, guard. So yeah, you're right. But yeah, he blocked it. Look at that. Metal I was about to say, that's actually quite fascinating that they actually put that in. <laughs> I completely forgot. Does armor work or not, movie? Because uh, that was a, that, that would be a tactic, right? To like to put even push a sword technically toward Absolutely. them with your vambrace. Oh, just. Knowing that your armor can deflect is absolutely. If you've got a fully armored arm, you can block something with your forearm like it's a shield. Definitely. So. And Soul's gone. But then backstab wow. through the throat. And I like this part. Like, I, I, fighting multiple people, that's you what everyone sure else dead. is trying to do. Yeah, interestingly, I think that was the first one he downed in this fight. Uh, it's yes, it was. The, the, the hit in the gut, yeah. He stabbed him in the back. Not very honorable, though. <laughs> well, people that's a, misunderstand that's a, the concept if you wanna, if you're of knightly honor. Someone, you better make sure they're dead. Yeah, uh, like, when a knight was trying to fight another knight, the only times when something like real fair play where you wouldn't just hit them in the back or when they're open and stuff. It's maybe a tournament situation where there's a lot of eyes on you, but when it's warfare and battlefield, life's your aim is to win. Yeah, you, you win. I think that was a neck shot. Let's just hope it was. Yeah, hit to the throat. Yeah, that that one is that is that fight. Uh, you said you'd like to show one, is it? Or yeah, I'm trying to look it up. It might take me a little bit to find it. Um, but it's this uh, group that do like cinematic movie style uh, fight scenes but with historical techniques um, employed, and it just looks amazing. It's phenomenal. So we can keep talking about some stuff while I'm, I'm looking for it. Um, yeah. Um, have you seen yeah. Old Boy, the, uh, the long shot sort of fight during that? No. On the old one? In the hallway? Yeah. Oh, crazy. This is the thing. Like, I was, I was, we could check that one out, but, I, I mean, it's, it's so difficult to maintain such a, an amazing... Uh, Sort of one shot while having choreography be perfect and it's like it's doubtful that it would manage to hold up every kind of scrutiny but i'm sure it does pretty well and then there's like the most classic and epic fights I'm, i imagine that people would be interested in staying on game of thrones or the people what what do you want chat what what sort of fight would you like us to check out because i'm willing to do anything from game of thrones or we could do stuff like um i'm assuming you would have looked at the hector and uh uh troy uh, achilles fight from troy at some point oh yeah that one's actually that's a beautiful fight scene um just like just visually and cinematically how well put together in terms of like technique you can always scrutinize and find things that you know aren't really realistic but just if if i was to say you know give my opinion on is the does the fight do what it needs to do in the movie absolutely that's one of the greater fight scenes in cinema so like history in my mind um not to say it's perfect but yeah, it's it's pretty darn good. Got a lot of requests for old boy. A couple of people saying Troy. I mean, I'm kind of tempted with Troy because I just love the Troy fight scene. It's so good. But uh, I'd love uh, to hear about how it's inaccurate. <laughs> like, I don't mind. I'm trying to think of some others that might come to mind. I mean, yeah. Well, well maybe we can get through it a little a little faster oh, than previous ones. Or... Oh yeah, throw oh. your uh, throw your thing on first if you'd like. This is. Are we just... thinking about good ones or bad ones? Oh well. Well, if you want like both. If you want to see like the way that every single you know um, 
movie sword fight, like how it should be choreographed, this is it. So I'll just leave it. Someone said TLJ throne room, please. <laughs> right. um, so I've just linked that in Discord. Are you in? Are you still in the watch together? Because we can probably pull it up on there. We'll give that a go. We will need to pause it at points and stuff um, because they did a lot. They put in a lot of effort to make this, and uh, but it just is phenomenal. I might. I probably have to do it for copyright anyway. Oh, but I yeah, think I know. Uh, I know about this one. Yeah. Good lord, that's a long sword. And I didn't actually mean by classification, I just meant that is a long sword. <laughs> but funnily long, enough, right? it, is, it is also a long sword as well. Oh, well, excellent. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> Do you know, that's exactly why they were called those. <laughs> yeah, that's genius. <laughs> so what's uh, any context we should be aware of for this, or is it sort of just Well, that fight? guy, like, um, he's wearing kind of classic lanch-necked pants, uh, very showy. And so this is already very historically accurate. It's technically not medieval period by the clothing. It's like uh, a very early Renaissance, probably 16th century. 16th century. Yeah. Um, but check out just how epic. Uh, so every strike that he starts with, generally ends in another guard position for him to move in again now like this is these are these are guys who know what they're doing right so just watch this so Oof. testing in the bind aiming for each other and so there were strikes against the weapon to knock it aside and then moving in for a strike against the opponent presenting the sword on the correct line against the ah. Oh, and it's also fast-paced and everything. Yeah, I like to and think so, that this is their attempt at being like, it can be cool and accurate, guys. Yeah, exactly. And see this guy on the uh, right? Um, that's a wrath. That's called wrath. It's a proper historical guard position right there. And so, oh, and so this guy is obviously on the on the left side. Now he's adopting a guard position. So he was in a recovery um, point there. And so, all right, we went into kind of a long point. Ah. Oh! See how those strikes were held from uh, his hands were high and the strikes were moving around. Like, see, it's so good, right? Because when you start to learn um, swordsmanship, uh, historical swordsmanship, you learn that it's actually quite easy to defend your legs. You just move them back. And so a lot of your strikes end up being high and you hold higher guards and you strike from in a more raised position and if you're going to strike for for the lower it's rarely for like the knees or the legs it's for the thighs and maybe the the sides of the torso is as low as you generally go in trying to strike someone um on the lower end with a sword because if you go any lower you can't hold a guard position striking so low when you leave your upper body vulnerable in your head and so it's much better to strike from a higher position where you can protect your head your torso and your legs are protected because you can lean forward and just keep your legs back mm -hmm. and so that's what we saw right here it's just beautiful hmm. i see a lot of um sort of block strike drawback strike like a lot of sliding the sword around in different ways you don't really see that in movies much at all yeah. See, winding and binding, feeling out the opponent's blade. When you when your blade touches the other opponent, you can feel what the pressure that they're applying to it, which can actually inform you in how they're going to strike from it. And so then that could alter what you're doing. And uh, and so there's actually engagements where the blades are just touching, and the opponent's just kind of moving and feeling around the position to then thrust, and then it got, might move aside. And the sword actually might stay connected for you know a good few seconds while they're just doing this, and it still looks awesome when they do it. Ah, uh, see, employing grappling as well. Uh, it's just, it's 
be cool if these guys would uh, be able to do it in one take, this whole fight. I wonder if it would just be too difficult to sort of nail that, because, you know, they don't actually want to kill each other, I imagine. Is, um, is it easy to tell that these are sort of sparring swords, or can you, or are these actually, um... Well, you could see that they were blunt, um, like especially on the close-up and stuff. And uh, on the see that you can just see that the tips are rounded. That's just kind of of necessity. Um, and they even do that in the actual films as well. When you look really close, you can see they're blunt. And so mm -hmm. you can say, all right, you know, we could kind of ignore that just because of practical reasons. You don't really want to do it with sharp ones. I wonder if they actually oh, absolutely. hit each other in there. Oh, see, ah, that was winding and binding. That was feeling out. Oh, and he's half-sorting now as well. Ah, see, there's so much <laughs> historical technique in this. This is, so this is what you would see, essentially, the top knights, the t top of their skill or craft doing stuff like this. Well, no, this, sword the thing fighters. is, right? Well, they're no, see, this is that there is a huge unrealistic element to this. And it's how long the fight is going and how precise the engagements are. And so it's that, so they, they've combined the Hollywood idea of a fight where it's, it's drawn out um, with historical techniques. And that's what I wish Hollywood would do because it can look brilliant. But in reality, sword fights don't go this long. Mm -hmm. Like in most situations, uh, it'll end after the first three to four moves. Um, and then a hit will land. And in, in some instances, in the first move, the first tempo, a strike will land. That's how quick real sword fights are. And so... I've seen, yeah, like a lot of them, it'll be like, okay, three, two, one, go, strike, strike, hit, and it's done. It's yep. just like, oh, there that's we go. Yep, but obviously that's, that's, that's in a in a high budget fantasy movie, that's going to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have it like that. Exactly. And so, yeah, they've, uh, they've taken that idea of the Hollywood drawn out, you know, two people who are so equal in skill that they just can't land each other. But the other thing is that they've been deflecting and attacking and deflecting so quickly in response to each other. See what they're doing here? Oh, that was great. This is almost, <laughs> it looks great. And, and they did it because it's choreographed. In reality, it, to deflect and strike and deflect in such quick succession over a long period of like, that, uh, like this, actually requires superhuman reflexes to, to do it in real life. It can't, and I've never seen it done, period, mm -hmm. where it's like that. Um, but with movies, you want to see kind of like a sword fight done with just such mastery and skill that you see people do things that are technically impossible, but we can suspend that, you know, just the, exactly. Just watch, sitting down and watching it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, if someone did have superhuman reflexes and new historical techniques, it could very well look like this. And this is kind of what we want with entertainment. We want something that just looks phenomenal and they can, you know, practice it <laughs> and see it. It didn't go through his um, thick clothing. Yeah. He got, a, he got a strike on the chest, didn't get through. It's very realistic. We got hand to hand now, huh? Oh yeah. People don't understand that. Medieval period had hand-to-hand -hand martial arts. And this would be, they would train you up for this as a sort of safety oh, net yeah, sort of yeah, thing, like, I imagine? Well, also, like, one of the ways that you fight armor is uh, through grappling and trips and throws to knock the opponent off their feet because you want to pin them. And so, like, not, there, there's, like, you know, fist-type martial arts with strikes and stuff, but if you're fighting someone in armor, punching and kicking does spit. And so the type of unarmed martial arts that were developed for fighting someone who had decent amount of padding, decent amount of armor and stuff are grapples, throws, locks and things, just what, like what we saw here. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, there you go. Return to your swords. <laughs> you always yeah. feel much safer having a sword, I imagine. That's exactly it. Grab the sword when you can. Oh, you got both, eh? Oh, is he going to do the honourable thing and provide his opponent his sword? He's going to do the honourable thing. How much, of a, how much of that is real? The idea of, like, a chivalry representing the honourable knight's code, that sort of idea? It, it always it depended. Chivalry is a very sophisticated thing, and the mistake is to think that it was a code that everyone agreed with. Mm -hmm. A chivalry was absolutely huge, right? And people would reference it and talk about it. It comes up in medieval literature all the time. But what you will find is that there is no uniform consensus as to what it is. The most fundamental definition of chivalry is whatever someone believed the, made a good knight. The qualities and actions that made a good knight. And if someone felt their complete obedience and showing no mercy meant making good night. Well, that was chivalrous, just slaughtering wantonly. But if someone else believed showing mercy and restraint were good qualities that they wanted their knights, well, that would be chivalrous to them, and they, they would call that chivalry as well. So there are actual definitions of chivalry that outright contradict one another completely. And so, but they all, there are examples of it all existing. What we see here, there's examples of stuff like this existing as well, and there's examples of the opposite. Oh, yeah. position, and then oh, see that—that that is a good example of what a single uh, longsword fight can often be. A single engagement with a single tempo repost, and what he did—it was a—it was a block and an attack in one move, and those are just gorgeous. That's what you—that's like the peak, you know, uh, swordsmanship that you want to achieve when you're learning how to fight with a sword. Is a single tempo reposts. Like you can pull them off. Oh, that's just—they're the best. Oh. Half sword into the leg. These are just great counters at this point. <laughs> yeah. Winding and binding, disarm. Look at that cod piece. Yeah, boy. And uh, do they make a couple of those, or is that sort of like a one-off video? So they have a YouTube channel, um, and they have a, a couple of different uh, fights that they've choreographed together. This is, I reckon, their best by far. It just looks uh, beautiful. Can you imagine if they had that quality in Game of Thrones, right? Like, oh, yeah. It's just next-level stuff. I guess I'll, I'll post a, there's a link in the chat to their channel. I'll put that in the description as well if anybody's interested in checking that out. Uh, accurate. The... What's the channel name? It's like Adore... Adoria Adora Olomouk. Ol <laughs> I can't pronounce it. The, I'm going to put the channel Olomouk. it comes from. That's the easiest layman way of me explaining it. Yeah, you can catch that in the description as well if you wanted to. Uh, would you be up for checking out the, the Troy one now? Because I'm going uh, to see how it holds up. Um, always, always. As well as this is... We're going even further back in time now, right? Because this is... Uh, <laughs> Technology-wise, will be degrading again, but still um, remaining just as interesting. Yeah, they've both got the same um, outfit here, right? It's the they got spear and shield with sword on backup. I think is how uh, how this. Yeah, works. and so 
Greek combat is interesting. There's far less known about it, but there is evidence that they were there was there sorry that they were sophisticated martial arts, which makes sense. I mean, whenever you have anyone fighting with weapons, right, they don't want to die, so they're going to try and figure out how to do it better than what they could. And so, of course, martial arts are going to be present whenever fighting and combat is. And so, the evidence we have for Greek martial arts is actually a certain guard positions that we can deduce from vases and stuff of these, yeah. you know and things but as to so the specifics oh gee no one really knows um Best we can do is so yes. the question that yeah the question that i would have here is like one-on-one spear and shield see hoplites they were they were all structured around uh phalanx formations you know and so taking out taken out of that situation would they choose that we don't know now spear is a great weapon and a shield is a great weapon so the, the, the question is, and this is kind of my contention, is that it is really hard to manipulate a spear in one hand, okay? Um, you're really restricted to just kind of thrusting and stuff. Yeah. And so the level of articulation and kind of sophistication that they show in the choreography here is actually unrealistic. Yeah, like The spear is actually too cumbersome awkward to use the way that you see these guys start to use them. Like, they, like uh, what does... Um, uh brad pitt do he like puts it behind his neck at one point and will do these weird kind of complex thrusts and stuff. yeah but stuff. it looks Reality, great no, it, <laughs> it looks awesome it really does but you know you would never do it in real life what kind of okay, um you question the mighty achilles like with my layman understanding i would be like oh so brad pitt's wearing leather i'm guessing what would you well, call what he's wearing that, like I don't like, it looks like a bronze or, almost yeah a combo so, maybe it just doesn't look that protective, but again, I don't know, he, the whole deal is yeah. that he's super amazing, so he doesn't necessarily need it. Hector, on the other hand, seems to have more of a metal thing going on. Yeah, it's like this weird, it's like got these weird stud sections all plastered onto the surface Coat of a it. plate prototype thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, they both took off their helmets to prove who they are and stuff, and I'm just like, would they just not put them back on at that point? (laughs) Helmets are really useful, guys. Gotta like them helmets. Rags has learned this from Mord Howe. Oh, yeah. Helmet. Helmet, helmet. helmet? And yeah, the the thing with movies that you'll really notice once you uh, sort of accept it is a lot of films like to get helmets off characters as quickly as they can. Just to be like, look at them faces. their face and their emotions and, you know, the engagement and stuff. So that opening there, the sidestep, sidestep, trying to get like the, the yeah, you the, know, like, uh, like Brad, uh, you know, Achilles here. He has a very distinct style that's kind of the given him to be reflective of someone who has trained it to develop this system that's personal to him, that's really effective. And I think it just works really well for the visual kind of you know element of the fight scene. As to uh, how effective kind of the dodging to either side, not really sure. You wouldn't really watch their feet, you watch their weapon and where the weapon goes. <laughs> there was a side sweeping strike with the spear. Um, wouldn't be really effective, but still if you connected, it would be a bit of a knock. But, yeah, because it doesn't seem like you can get a lot of power behind it when you're trying to do a sweep with one-handed spear. No, not with one-handed. And in actual fact, if this was a one-on-one duel, there's there's a higher chance that they might have chosen to not use the shields at all to get more use out of their spear. See, what again, what Achilles did right there, like, you, you can't do in real life. Um, I was going to say, it can't be that efficient, because... 
no yeah like there's not a lot of power behind it um and we, the spears look the spear quite upwards. light yeah the spear would go yeah. up surely and the spears they're using look quite light if we have a like in reality if you want a spear to ha have any amount of impact with like a bludgeoning attack like a quarter staff you'd want it to have a bit more heft like a quarter staff these ones look fairly light but they might have given them light ones because they're heroic strong people well i yeah. i guess yeah, he that only uses it for one strike and then he <laughs> instantly moves to something else you could argue yeah. he's doing it to distract hector a little bit at least to be like look what i'm doing Maybe, you're like, like whoa my well, spear happens to be here i'll give one poke also, and then move to something else he just broke his spear, spear with shield. that's with surely shield. impossible no, it's not going to happen. Not going to happen. It would bounce. At He's best. got a bladed shield. A bladed shield. <laughs> yeah, that spear is made of paper. If that's happening, right? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, he's doing it again, but this time, oh, he's given up on it. Yeah, and then they see. Well, it's funny. You could snap a spear like that with the leverage if it was that thin, but they would never be really that thin or that weak. Because he so stood on that spear to break it there. Yeah. Obviously, they whip out their Xyphoses. Xyphos. What's the plural for Xyphos? Xyphes. Xyphi. Xyphes. Xyphi. It could be Xyphi, actually. <laughs> Xyphi. Great. Yeah, these film. these things as well. I love the sound design on this bit. They're all so very. It's it's just so like. <laughs> it's just like yeah. <laughs> So we movies. Brass, <laughs> brass swords are a complex thing to understand properly in context. They're invulnerable here. See how they're bashing against each other? They're not getting any dints or chips or anything like that. Brass dints very easily. But bronze? this is the thing. Bronze, sorry. Yeah, bronze. I'm getting those mixed up. But brass um, probably does too, to be fair. Yeah, well, of mm -hmm. course. But sorry, yes, it should be bronze. Thank, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, the thing is, people misunderstand bronze is the fact that it actually can have a pretty hard edge if it's work hardened and can be about as strong as iron just by itself. But it's not invulnerable either, and it does dent far easier than steel by far. And so, like, it, it's it's kind of balanced. What they're showing here, they're showing that they're completely indestructible. Especially this flat, you know, sort of thrust that Achilles is doing to the shield that would roll the tip. Yeah, every time I could, with yeah. a bronze one. But it's a cool stance. <laughs> but oh, I, I like that the bronze, you know, Xyphos he has there. It's kind of a Xyphos. It's a more fancy design. It had a central ridge. It looked great. So let's and talk. So about, is... Let's talk about this holding the shield behind you technique. Yeah. Yeah, stylish. But <laughs> at this point, why? Clearly, he, he, the back of his head is itchy. Okay, mm -hmm. that can distract in a fight. So he keeps it up there for a while. Wow, I didn't realize he that. Does... What are you doing, Brad? You don't give a shit about what that shield's for. It's He's a trying to keep the sun off of him. Yeah, I guess. this is umbrella stance. And he brings it down. Yeah, it really was up there for no reason. A demoralizing tactic. He's like, like I can take you on without my shield at all. Look, I'll hold the shield behind the back of my head and I'll still take you on. I will fight in the shade. We'll fight in the shade. If I was Hector and just getting beaten with a guy holding his shield behind him, I'd be feeling a bit. Yeah, he like pierced attempted to pierce the shield like that's only going to damage his sword Flash. absolutely that would, what 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 is uh, yeah. what is what he's holding a uh, classified as is that a sword yeah yeah um yeah. so they're uh, you know a classic greek style sword it uh, achilles one again is a bit different more fantasy kind of design but technically they're a xiphos by by period a very cool name for a for a sword i'm mm -hmm. this is him thing is though 
People think that all, you know, Bronze Age weapons were that long. They were, there were ones that were way longer. We're talking like the length of an arming sword, like a knight one-handed sword. There were bronze weapons that big. And so I would like to see a movie showing, you know, an actual bronze sword with a bit of weight and size to them instead of all these short little ones. Yeah, uh, would you expect so a, a, a fight with these sort of uh, attributes, so these shields, these swords, this armor, how long do you reckon this would go for... T uh... Ooh, that's a good question. Shields can really uh, extend the length of a jewel because you've got so much protection and it can be really hard to kind of break the break through it. Uh, I wouldn't go this long. In like, um, as soon as an opening is there, bang, it can it can be game over very quickly. There you go. Hector got a hit in close. It's just scraped his armor. Yep. Now, would that have chopped through the armor if it had if it connected more? Uh, in reality, it wouldn't. But in the movie context, they probably would think it would. Well, it, interestingly, it, it, even according to the movie, it doesn't look like it even actually managed to split. Just barely a scratch. Just a yeah. just an aesthetic scrape. Well, that would be good if they're showing the armor doing something. I and then, appreciate that. So this is interesting. Hector goes for what I assume was a th sort of thrust, and he gets his arm caught. You can't really see what's happening exactly, but his arm is caught for sure. And then Achilles yeah, lifts it up. Achilles. Yeah, he's got it in between his arm and his side and it's kind of locked it away. Just another thing, these shields that they're holding are way too light for the period. Like um, Hoplons or the Aspis, which is the type of shield that is used by the, uh, you know, uh, phalanx formations, the Hoplites, they are huge thick things they are big they're so big that they were made with a, such a lip that you could rest them on your shoulder almost um and they generally weren't center grip like what we're seeing here either um uh, the the center portion looped over the joint in your elbow and then you would have something that you held onto the edge and they were usually like us uh they were lined with a, a rope kind of formation on the edges that you held with your hand and so just the inaccuracies in the shield just pointing out yeah um i was gonna say because these shields look at them thick Heavy, surely it's like it's got to be a pain to carry these around, especially blocking hits with them. And then from this age, yeah, you just fully expect this would be a, would be a, it would be they, helpful, they, but it would tire you out quickly, surely. Well, the way that their weight and uh, hand configuration makes them far more like uh, the Viking style shields of you know very early medieval period and the migration period and stuff. They're called um, the Skjolder. And so, uh, yeah, they're, they're more they're more Viking-like than Greek-like, these shields, in my opinion. Except for the designs on the front. Yeah, and there was a rock there, unfortunately, for Hector. Oh, it's downfall. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's supposed to be sort of the Featured turning point. Featured by a rock. I, I always found, even when I was, like, because I saw this when I was young, obviously 2004, that means I was 11 when this came out. Even I was like, this is a rock, really? <laughs> it's like you couldn't have just lost in general. Why did it have to be a rock? Yeah, it looks like you sort of abandoned the shield here as well. Yeah, but why? I'm not sure why, actually. And then Achilles just throws his shield away as well. Oh, he goes, he's, he's changing up his second uh, secondary item. He's going for the broken spear. And in fitness, I think Achilles does the same thing as well. Oof. The uh, stuck with the shield. What 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 is uh what is the attire on the lower end of these two? What what would you call that? What the greaves or uh, the <laughs> the dress, the skirt. The skirt. <laughs> what would you call it? Oh, 
I'm assuming there's a better uh, name than Skirt. It doesn't look like Te armor here. Yeah, like, you would technically identify it as part of the upper bit of armor, um, uh, but I actually don't know the name of it. Maybe someone in chat. I mean, like people in chat are saying Skirt. They might actually be considered Skirts hmm. then. Um, yeah, probably light armor on them. I, I doubt that it was going to stop much. Yeah, we were at the point of them getting pretty tired as well, and it's only, I think it was only like a two minute fight, so it's not too bad in terms of like realism, I suppose, but it's probably gone on a lot longer than it probably would. I mean. Yeah, oh yeah, by far. But again, I, and I have no problem with that, because in a movie that you want to be really engaging and, you know, epic, you do want larger fights and stuff. Yeah. Got man dress and uh, leg curtains. Yeah, they, that could be it, right? <laughs> Armored kilt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of. This, this is like wide, wild swinging. That's it's uh, just gone. Yeah, this is just wild. Ab you know, no form. Just trying to hit, telegraphing every strike. Close to. Oh yeah, I was gonna say this is close to where he dies. I guess. Oh yeah, there you go. So that was odd. Disarm. The way Achilles spins around almost twice to get the uh, the hit in there. If I just go back, odd choice. Is all. I always felt like couldn't he just got him on the first one? So stab. Well, if he missed that, and, or are they faints? Maybe. But it like he does leave his back open when he spins around. Yeah. Spinning is a is a complicated thing, even in historical things, because there are cases where spinning attacks were used. Even whole systems developed around spinning, like with great swords, where you just keep spinning the sword around to keep your opponent at bay. Um, but then there are really bad types of spins where you leave your back open. So would, right, right through the armor. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, would that broken spear be able to do that? Nah. Could it depend on possibly what it is that this armor is? What if it's made of? Um... I mean, if it's made of, if it's a prop, bronze. If it's a, if prop, it's a bronze yeah. head, uh, if it, if it's bronze head against bronze armor, I don't really see it piercing it. No. Um, if it, if it was lighter armor, like cloth or even some type of leather, there's a, there's a better chance that it could get through, um, but not like this. Still, yeah, the more you look at it, the more you realize armor is worthless in movies and TV shows, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Hey, look at this, right, right through the center as well. Yep. Looked like there was a sort of, um, I don't know what you call it, but like a bump of like more solid piece of armor as well, <laughs> like especially solid. Can you imagine if they had this in the movie where, like, um, Achilles, he goes in this big lunge and he hits and it doesn't go through. It's like, oh. Yeah, it just pushes sorry, Hector let over. Let me try that again. Let me try that again. Brr! Stop going through. Look, I'll just, I'll just cut your throat. Stay still. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, would it? So the best we could probably imagine is a dent, right? It would, it would dent the armor. Um, yeah. At most, an odd shaped hole. Piercing it is rare for something like this, I'd imagine. And you, well, the hole looks like almost impossible. Like, and with the bra, like, sorry, bronze, um, <sighs> it'll be impossible here. Yeah. Well, that's um, you know one of the typically looked at as better fight. What do you think of as a hole? Well, I mean, it looked great, right? Like, um, it's unrealistic in the, in the style of fighting that they're using and that the weapons are, in reality, too cumbersome to use as spears like they do. And it becomes a bit wild swings and stuff towards the end with the swords and everything. But the thing is, people did fight without form, historically, who, didn't, who just gave everything up and just tried to hit as hard as they could. So it's not necessarily unrealistic. 
Um, but overall, it's a, it, it's a great fight scene. It just looks cool. Um, yeah, I was going to say. There I were love, some interesting things in it. I love the delivery of the whole thing. And so a lot of people have been requesting. This is typically looked at as one of the best Game of Thrones fights. This is in season one. This is, and it's funnily enough. Oh, yeah. Quite I know this the, one. Um, it's quite a casual fight. Like, it comes out of nowhere almost. It's kind of like, oh, this is a fight we're having now. So the, um, uh, the quality's not fantastic. I'll see if I can find a slightly better one quick. I th think I'm uh, going to be unlucky on that regard. The, um, but yeah, the, the idea being that it's a cell sword with very limited armor against uh, what you can imagine is a full uh, knight of armor sort of uh, setup with, I think he has a kite shield as well. And I, I know that you have a fondness for kite shields. Oh, kite shields are the best. <laughs> Love kite shields. Uh, well, let's see if, let, hopefully this is clear enough um, regardless. So I should probably draw it back actually. And yeah. so this is an interesting situation where you have someone who is completely outmatched in terms of arms and weapons, but what is what's you know clearly good about this is that you can still win. Like there's, there's always if you're smarter, if you fight, you know, uh, in a more kind of defensive way, and you're just more skillful, you can. There's always a chance that you can beat someone who's yeah. There's a it has better weapons. David versus Goliath sort of ideology here, like you. It's a weak spot, go for it, you'll win eventually. Because uh, exactly. there's an element of tiring him out as well in this fight, not just weakening him. Right. Let's see if the guy with the shield does... Ah, what I can't stand is... See what he did there? When someone strikes with the shield, right, they swing their shield completely out of the way, so much to the point where the shield is behind them. Yeah. You don't do that! You, you jab always forward do... with it in, on the yeah. edge. We'll slash down. Keep, keep it in front of you. Like, I've got a big kite shield, right? And I've uh, done sparring with it. And funnily enough, one of the best tactics you can do with it is you just hold the shield out as far as you can in front of you, run forward, ram it into your opponent, and just stab over it from overhead or underneath on the side. And it's so hard for people to defend against it. And so, like, it, it's not too complex to get the advantage out of a good-sized kite shield. But his swing, see, he was not even holding it forward. He's doing a lot of wild swings, considering his um, his advantage yeah. of being a sort of solitary target. Like he's like a walking tank almost, and he's choosing to sort of rush and uh, swing. And this is yeah. supposed to be the best knight in the Vale, I believe, Savardis, something like that. Um, well, but it, you mean, could I argue like... that he's doing it because he's trying to get it done quick. Like this guy's got not got a yeah. chance. And I mean, Bronn is fighting in the right way defensively. He's keeping and like because one of the great tactics that you actually don't see you employed a lot in movies and everything is tiring out your opponent, especially if they're wearing armor. Uh, if you can just make them exhausted, their fighting capacity can be half. Like I know this from real life, right? My actual ability and how well I fight from when I'm fresh compared to when I'm exhausted. Like I fight nearly at almost what not even a third of my full ability. Mm -hmm. So it's reduced more by like over half when I'm exhausted. And yeah, I think you can see that throughout this fight here. He's he's doing so many big wide swings and missing. And even hitting these pillars is going to cost him a lot because it'll just be a shock oh, back to his own hand, right? And I'll damage your sword too. Yeah, that too. And threw some innocent civilian at him. <laughs> How could you? <laughs> You're not going to stab this guy. Again, moving the shield out of the way. Almost in each... Like, this is clearly someone who does... Who is never... They do not know how to fight with a shield. Because like, every strike, he is swinging that shield away. Like, 
Still hasn't actually hit him yet as well, uh, back or anything. Mm -hmm. This whole time he's just been on the defensive. Yep. And, we get... and that's a viable, good way to fight it. Slash under the arm. Yeah, got so him that's right great. on the armpit. Ow. <laughs> of course, this is Tyrion's life is at stake, so I think it's fair yeah. for him to be happy about it. Exactly. <laughs> and see, I, I like how he yeah, raised his helmet. Him. It's that easy. Like, helmets are, are so crucial, right? But I think people would be surprised how restrictive the breathing can feel when you're wearing a big one like mm -hmm. that. Though the eye slit is huge on that. Chair, <laughs> I was going to say this. You can't even um, call it an eye slit. It's more like an eye hole. It's like it's an eye. eye it's a window. Eye window, yeah. <laughs> eye window. Eye yeah, hole. Big swing miss, but these ones are a little bit better because they're upward and downward, and so the shield stays check in front. It, check out which angle his shield is facing there. Oh yeah, that. Oof, yeah, that was entirely. that was well. Yeah. Ooh, oh, behind the leg. Behind the knee. And that's an opening on armor usually, and so. Yeah, and so at that point you've lost probably <laughs> the ability to stand potentially. Yep. That point, yeah, I'm like, so, oh, all right, I, I like, give up. Yeah, they would surrender. The up. guy, he should know it's gone now. But I mean, if he particularly wants to protect his honor, <laughs> well, he, he chose to charge at him, and I think, yeah, I think yeah. the fight's over now. He even kicked the shield away. Not that the shield was particularly useful to this man. I think he was more, was tiring him out more of a hindrance. <laughs> like, no, keep on the god, do it. <laughs> yeah. Though, that guy's armor has all these weird bumps on it and stuff. Those for... are like solid hunks of metal. That's for heating. It looks oh, cool, really? that's why. <laughs> you might want to tenderize meat with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, waiting for a sort of thumbs up, thumbs down moment, but uh, doesn't matter, it's a fight to the death, so. And uh, yeah, to the dismay of all the characters here, because everyone wants him to lose, but the, sh the shock is that the faster, nimble, Careful fighter manages to prevail. Yep. Oh, right through the opening. And that right, went down see? far, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta love that. Yep. Beautiful. And the waterfall. Yeah. The waterfall. Uh, if you hit an artery, it can pour out pretty fast, right? But probably not to that degree. Um, yeah, well, I, ha I haven't seen it in real life to be able to comment. We need a doctor in here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not actually up. sure. Blood can really get really messy. Especially when um, it's to the head, because everything is pumping towards there, so... Yeah. But yeah, uh... Now, doesn't she comment? She says, like, you, sir, fight without honor here? Yeah, and he says, yeah, I know, but he did. <laughs> like, he fought like, with honor, and now he's like, dead. The thing is, though, right? The only dishonorable thing, really, in that fight was maybe throwing an innocent bystander in the way. But in terms of the tactics, if that if that fight was real, everyone would be saying, "Well fought." Well, you know, Johnny Goodwin. Yeah, like you know, work. You know, got him right behind the the knee. Good, good like, shot. Well, like, that's not gone. a dirty. Thing. I give up. <laughs> They're like the way he was fighting wasn't really dirty or dishonorable. It was tactical, reserved. You know, you're supposed to out. let him hit you with the sword. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so the style of fighting wasn't dishonorable. They're throwing the innocent person away. That was. But... <laughs> that was a bit cruel, but uh, I mean, the thing is, it's not a very good uh, makeshift battlefield if you're going to shove random civilians in there, you know? Uh, yeah. Hey, so, the referee's part of the field, man. So this is um, Barristan Selmy is one of the character favorites a lot of people have that were wasted for Game of Thrones, uh, part of why I hate season five. 
But the idea here is you've got um, one of the best knights in the Seven Kingdoms without his armor against what are essentially like street thugs with knives uh, in, a, in an alleyway. So this will be interesting to see just how... Yeah, uh, like I in reality, I'm trying to weigh up the odds. Like, honestly, being outnumbered is so, like, it's so hard to fight against multiple opponents and stuff, especially, like, this number. And so, if His this was reality and someone's doing that, he's numbers. got balls. Is Like, my goodness. Oh, he's trying to save a friend is uh, ah, why he's okay. going for this. But yeah, the problem is obviously that you, you, after your first strike, you're vulnerable basically to everyone else, right? Yeah. Exactly. This is where you'd want a really big sword and do wide sweeping strikes to threaten as many of the opponents as possible. This is where the great sword comes into its own and why some of the techniques were focused around spinning attacks where you're just throwing, spinning this sword 360 around you and no one is going to get near it because if you get near that <laughs> you're not going to block it with your dagger. No. <laughs> no, like, because the greatsword has so much more heft and, you know, mass to it. It's not, there's nowhere near heavier than people think. It's actually, if you held a greatsword, you'd be, like, surprised at how light it is, but it still definitely has enough meat behind the strike to do some damage. So, yeah. And yeah, so they added this pretty carefully so to try and avoid it, how it looks like he's surviving this, but picking up a meat shield is probably pretty clever in this scenario, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, good on him. Tactical. Taking out a few, and they're being very uh, got, accommodating by standing yeah, to the side. Two on the right there, just sort of allowing this to take place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was very, very nice of them. Ooh, and you see got four, four on his back there that uh, sort of were just sort of waiting their turn, which is always something that's very annoying in uh, movies and TV shows where they seem to be lining up, and you're like, no, 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 guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're in play, go. I quite like that strike though, where he just slits it up. Wait, is is this the yeah. unsullied guy? No, this is uh, his name is Barristan. Oh, Barristan okay. Selmy. I mean yeah. the guy with the spear. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, sorry. Okay, thought I recognized him. Yeah, they're sort of getting little hits on him toward the end of this fight, and it's uh. Yeah. Finally, someone getting him from behind when it's open. Yeah, this is the thing. It's sort of death by a thousand cuts reduced to a degree but um so it's annoying to see because it's like oh yeah the guy with like the most fame and infamy killed by a bunch of random assholes with daggers you're like cool yeah and i mean if he was like super skilled there was a way he could win not the way he was fighting he like he let people get behind him and that's what i was saying with the other fight where the you know the super swordsman guy you always move around so you position as many like technically everyone if you can in front of you on one side and if they start to you know loop around and walk around you try and then counter that by your own movement It'd be more difficult with a confined space like this um which is why i probably should have fought them at the door or something if you let them approach him yeah, try and bottleneck them. So actually force them into a one view, like one on one at a time, instead of the show yeah. allowing for that to happen naturally somehow. Just walking <laughs> into the middle of the group. It's like. Yeah, and yeah. then this one, I'm really hoping this works. I'm pretty sure it will, because it's done with. Apparently it was done with Bandicam, but. So there's this portion of uh, season. I think it's five. It could be six, actually. Where they open the fighting pits, and the idea here is that uh, anyone can sort of be submitted via being a slave or to go themselves to prove a prove a point, I guess. Um, and what we've got, 
looks very uncomfortable. Yeah, that looks like it would totally stab you, but hey, you know, <laughs> style. <laughs> um, so if we get like a wide shot here, we got Jorah, who's obviously your your knight for this sort of thing. Um, waiting for them to give Ooh, us a that... shot. Yeah, I was just trying to check out his armor there. Is that supposed to be metal that's blackened? Kind of looks like it. Yeah. Oh, so here, here's a good shot, right? So we got Jorah is furthest right. Then you've got, I think, the guy with like an axe. He's Bravosi oh, in this. I, I don't universe. have the same shot as you. I'm seeing, I'm looking at, uh, oh, there, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Does this sort of have holes in it? Uh, who's? The Doris? guy with the buckler thingy. In the middle oh, of the shirt. yeah, I see what you mean. Uh, I guess we'll find out in better shots. Is that a thing, Shad? Not historically. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's yeah. what it is. I guess we'll find out, but... No, it... Uh, it... I can't tell. We'll, we'll see. Like, got holes also, in interestingly, it. I think his weapon... Well, they're... actually, oh, wait, 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 wait. I do know of a sword with holes in it. The Executioner Sword. I was about it's to say. It's one of the only ones... Yeah, at the tip, there are three holes in a yeah. triangle kind of um, uh, arrangement, and uh, no one really knows why they're there. But but it's a common thing amongst these executioner swords. Some believe it, like it's so that it, the sword, when swung, will make a certain sound, um, uh, and people say that could be for intimidation or, or uh, so it can't be used as a weapon because you can't sneak or get from people from behind. Some others say that tassels were hung from these things. Others to say that it couldn't be the tip couldn't be sharpened again, so it wouldn't be turned into a weapon that you could use in an actual fight. So we really don't know. So it's kind but, of interesting. Like, did you see the sword here? Yeah, it's got it's got holes down the middle. Is that yeah. the one we're looking at? Yeah, but yeah, it's see. also cut in the same way that an executioner's sword was. You know, like a an end that was not pointed. Yeah, find quite interesting. But then a, you would want that extra weight if all you can do is slash. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not yeah, sure what the, <laughs> what the practicality you can, of his sword is. You can get that is. weight back just by the thickness, so it kind of depends. And it's funny, you could get a weapon that has just as much cleaving capacity and put a point on it. Uh, look at some of the falchions, the cleaver-style falchions. They did exactly that. Uh, it's like, why not have a pointy end? Hmm. Like, check out... Um, uh, uh, I need to get... All right, so check out these pictures of the falchions. I'll just link it to you. No. Uh, they're basically a huge cleaver in some of them, and then they've just stuck on a big spiky point to the end just so they still get the um, uh, the thrusting capacity. So well, Yeah, I was like, why not have it? Exactly. Like, it's not going to add any more real you know, uh, weight to the weapon that's going to be a bother. You want to poke um, people with it. Exactly. So there's a link to... Um, uh, the Elmsley typology. Um, not sure if you'll be able to bring that up to the to the chat or not, but but if you have a look at the one D or type the type one D or type two falchions, oh, okay. and have a look, they're just like these big cleaver things with a spike on the end. Yeah, spikes are good. We, we like spikes. Just... <laughs> yeah, I can imagine a lot, of, and I feel like that would throw off an opponent as well. They'd be like, "Whoa, what is this like, creepy what is spike that? you've got?" Yeah, that's um, a shetty with a pointy bit. So very rare to not have some form of a edge Trust to the you, end. Though. Yeah, I mean, the reach. Now of they it. did exist. Like, have a look at the one type one B and type one C. Those are examples, but more often than not, 
if you can have a point on it, you'll chuck a point on it. Why does the 1C have that odd... No one knows. It's this obscure. It's it's (laughs) depicted in the Masajowski Bible. Um, It's this weird picture of this cleavy kind of falchion with this weird clip on the back edge, and we have no idea. It's just it's like it could be that it never actually existed, and the artist just was off his rocker when he was doing the painting. But it's there, and people have made reproductions of it. So we it's included for just you know acknowledgement. Yeah, and yeah. So just going back to the thing you got. Standard knight sort of outfit. The next guy's got... Is that a... Polax or something? I, I really don't know my uh, weaponry Could be names a Bardish, or Bardish or Bardage, depending on how you like to pronounce it. Um, uh, I can't really see it with because it's paused at a different mm-hmm. uh, frame. Um, and so it's, it's... Help. I don't know. We'll, we'll probably go through oh, yeah. it better once we uh, get into the actual um, fights. But then you've got guy yeah. with... That sword does have a lot of holes in it. I can see it better now. That's strange. <laughs> You got a guy with like a... rapier as furthest left, guy with sword and weird holy sword. Basically a whole, uh, the point was it was just a big variety and then they're all going to face off with each other. But there's a couple things wrong with this, even from a layman's perspective with um, how this fight runs. But it might be interesting just to look at how they uh, sort of fight. And I was, I'm was i definitely going to ask you about the benefits of um, being sort of like a light swordsman with a rapier versus uh, plate armor. Alrighty, because that... There is some interesting elements to consider there. Yeah, so first... Oh, his breastplate a... is... See, it, it comes to down too low. It would be so hard for him to, like, twist his hips on either side. You can you can even see that he he's stiff in his torso when he leans from one side to the other because of that breastplate. Mm-hmm. It's, it goes too far low um, before the join to the fold. Okay, yeah, that looks like a Badish, 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 um, uh, what, what is fighting there? Yeah, then you got the other fights that are going on at the same time, so... How much they show of them, but... Oh, actually, I got a better look at the blade. The blade is a more fancy kind of version, but if you had to classify it, I'd call it a Badish. That, um... In the ground, sorry, that it makes me cringe because that's a great way to blunt your sword. You never stab a sword into the ground. It almost really? felt like like watching it, but it was like it feels such like such a video game thing. Like it reminds me of Link, you know, one of his like his moves. Hi-ya! Just... And then he jumps forward and stabs. But <laughs> well like just... uh down B on Super Smash Brothers, he'll he'll like jump and then you'll put the sword below him and basically plow it into the ground no matter where he's going. It'll do a lot of damage, but Again, video game. Like it feels uh, like when I see Jor do that, I'm like, "What are you doing, man?" I think down B is bomb. I think that's his regular just downward aerial attack as he just sticks it downward, and it's cheap as shit. No, down B is uh, bomb when you're standing. Oh. It's once you're in air, um, and you do it. At least I'm, I, I'm. I still think down B in the air is pull out a bomb. You could be right on that. What what am I thinking of? I think you're thinking of it's the same attack, but it's his aerial down A attack. I think. Oh, it he could just be, holds yeah. his sword downward. It could be down A. Yeah, you could be right. Maybe Chat can down air. Rags is right. Okay, yeah, yeah that's a. what I thought. That's what I thought. It was how I haven't played Smash well, in so long. I haven't played it in ages, but I remember how cheap that sticking oh, yeah, sword no. down is. It was amazing. It would get you like insta kills if their if their head is head if their health is uh, I say high enough. You know what I mean? Um, down B is down spiral. Well, I'm thinking of melee, I think. So when I say this stuff, I'm talking about melee. I think you're right. With with, I'm pretty sure in that game it was a bomb as well. 
we should play it. <laughs> but yeah, either way, yeah, it seemed like more of a style move than practicality. Just seemed out the window with that one. So, how did that knock him off his feet? He, uh, unless he, if unless he was leaning on the sword so much that it actually supported a decent amount of his weight, yeah, so he, and then when he knocked the sword out underneath him, he got knocked over. He definitely stabs it. The guy hits the sword. Yeah, just like. He kind of jumps away with it. it, was, it was Maybe that's what he was going for. <laughs> he was like, oh, better get out of danger. And then so he deflects the thing, knocks it out of the guy's hand. Yeah, nice tussle. And then obviously with this skipping to the end of this other fight where this other guy is just straight up stabbed. Yeah, I, that would kill someone. I yep. Think. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would yeah, pretty, pretty sure. And then, uh, considering the guy looks to have barely I, any armor I at all. Think, I think he's about to get stabbed. Yes. Just, oh, look at that. And, um, yeah, so the part that always, and again, talking about layman perspective, right? So you saw that that knife just saved him in this fight, right? Yeah. 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 Check out what he does I mean, with the knife. Why not have a knife? It's just, it's so tiny and helpful. And oh, it yeah, especially people. one that's sheathed in, like, your ankle. It can come in handy yeah. when you're uh, in awkward position. Yeah, you advance on someone thinking they're unarmed, and then, like a knife. And they, like, kneeling. Yeah, so obviously Jorah's going to want to pick up his sword and perhaps sheathe the dagger uh, ready for when he needs it again. But nope, he throws it away. Oh, that... <laughs> Why in the world would you do that when it just saved your life? <laughs> it's such that, a bizarre that's choice. A, that's a very good question. <laughs> Wait, are there not, like, teams here? Is it just everyone's... It's literally like a free-for-all, which makes yeah. you wonder, like, how does they not... Well, I say it makes you wonder how they wouldn't be cheating, but there is cheating, so it's all good. So this is arming sword versus rapier. What the hell is he doing? It's obvious. <laughs> it's, it's stylish. It's it's the swallowtail <laughs> technique. It's 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 well documented in all of the treatises. <laughs> I love that that was your reaction to that. It's such nonsense. You're like, whoa, what are you doing, buddy? I'm about to fight this guy. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's just there are flourishes you can do. That's not one of them. It didn't look good. It just looked weird and all. That's not a rapier. That's like a sword. I have That's no idea. Tiny. Oh, do you mean tiny is in like length or thickness? No, no, no. There's a type of sword called a small sword, um, and they oh, were popular. Like they, they became popular as a type of jeweling in the 1700s. And um, I don't think that's breastplate because look, it's stitched. Look at the way it bends. Yeah, well. like go back when he's when he, but right before he makes the slash, I think it's stitched. I think it's you can see stitching. Are those rivets or stitches? I think they're supposed to be rivets. Yeah, the quality's a little. Yeah, yeah it's may, tough to yeah, see. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it is rivets. It looked like stitches when it was so, in motion. So I was gonna give the edge to the rapier, but he's actually not using a rapier. He's using a small sword, which is very out of period for something based around the medieval times. Um, and if that that makes it far more equivalent. The thing is, though, small swords are fast. They're crazy fast because rapiers aren't light. People make the mistake that rapiers are light. They're not. They're as heavy as an arming sword. The weight distribution is different. Small swords are light, though. They are like surprisingly light. Sometimes half a kilo, right? Mm -hmm. And so they can they can be fast as anything. And so it's a far more equal matchup in this sense. Because the other thing about them having such a small thin blade is they don't have much blade presence. And so if Jorah, if he wanted, he could smack that small sword blade and knock it aside really easily. It's very hard for you to resist strikes because there's so little weight there. Um, and so because of that, it makes it far more equivalent. If the guy had a proper rapier, he would have the edge. And when it comes to one-on-one -on -one duels, rapiers are 
one of the most devastating swords that you can use by far. And so, like, for continuity here, it's very confusing. Jorah strikes, he gets hit in the leg, and then it cuts to Jorah's just fine. And then he gets yeah. stabbed by a, a thrust. There's a couple of things. Like, first of all, what happened to that leg strike? I guess. I guess that. I guess it's, it's fine. I guess he hit him with the flat of it, maybe. His his pants had See more that? protective value than his armor. Clearly. And Jorah clearly reacted to it, like "ow," you know that sort yeah. of thing. And then we cut to him being fine. It's always weird like that because I'm just like, how does that happen in yeah. the editing process? Well, the other thing is like a small swords can't like they can they can cut with like little slices, but they're not going to penetrate deep or slice off limbs. Nothing like that. Mm -hmm. They're not going to cut through thick armor and everything. And so maybe he was reacting out of shock. Ah, oh, I got hit. Oh wait, it did nothing. I'm yeah, it could be. Yep, psych. And so this. <laughs> Rust then that comes up. I feel so like it if, would bend his sword before it would uh, yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. Like if that if that was a proper you know steel breastplate, it's it's not getting through. Not a chance. And so your fate, you would put the odds on the actual uh, the knight in this case, would you? Ooh. With the armor, yes. With the armor, yes. If you didn't have the armor, it would be far more equivalent. Wow. His, that guy's sword almost looked Falchion-like with the top. Yeah, I was going to say, it kind of did. I don't seem to get a good shot of it, really, but... These horrible people celebrating death. How could they? Dare they? It was good when we do it, because it's all fictional. <laughs> and yeah, so these quick strikes where you're trying to block and attack, block and attack, I feel like the, the, the Bravosi dude is going to have a way better time. Uh, well, the, the, in reality, he would have far more blade presence than the other guy, and so technically, if he really wanted, he could just try and do a really powerful strike, let the guy try and block, but there's a chance that he could break the guy's guard and just knock the sword down with his strike and still hit him regardless. Because So he does not want to do a static block with a, such a thin blade like that. He would only want to try and do parries that knock aside. But we saw a lot of static blocks in the exchange just before, and he would have a big disadvantage in that with a sword like the one he's using. So it's over for sure. And uh, it's weird because he looks to the the queen as if like she's gonna have to vote on it or some something, and then it's implied. But you just think like, why isn't he killing him? Why isn't he killing him? Be killing the him. Other guy <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, I bet he's wishing he had a dagger right now. Yeah, dagger would be potentially life-saving. <laughs> Crazy that. The guy wasn't even looking at him before. <laughs> and so I found. Look at the stance he took there. He was gonna like full-on link down aim with the uh, the two hands on the sword. And, <laughs> I guess, but instead of just going for a quick uh, thrust into his neck with the yeah, sword, right which you think. Neck, yep. Something else Jorah could have done is grabbed the guy's blade. That would have uh, kept it at bay. Or I mean, the second he goes up. Jor could literally have tried to tackle him, like get up really quickly and yeah. just try and go for him. A lot of things to yep. try, but yeah, he got backstabbed. And then, is that guy supposed to kill him? Um, well, this is the thing, the it seems unfair, doesn't it? They're more like guidelines. Yeah, well, so the implication <laughs> here is that Man with Spear was like, okay, I'll knock out the tough-to-defeat opponent by stabbing him in the back, and I'll let this old dude get up so I can fight him and get a glorious victory sort of thing. Maybe. Oh, okay. Maybe he At thought least, he wasn't very good based uh, on the... Yeah, and I say that's the team. best headcanon you're going to get, I think. I mean, that that <laughs> seems reasonable based on what we've seen. You might think, oh, this old guy. Yeah, like he was just about to die, so he's probably not that good. 
And so, uh, what are the odds with this one? Because the the opponent here with the um, the armor he looks. He came like... in swinging it. Yeah, he came in swinging it with one hand, which is just dumb. No, it's a spear. Use it with two hands, and then is trying to bludgeon him with hitting him on the side. And see, like he technically tried to hit him on the side and it did nothing, and then Jorah was able to grab it because what he was doing was dumb. You thrust with a spear. You don't try and whack people with it. So. Wow, he could have pulled his sword back in a reverse cut and slashed him under his arm there. It was like position, the sword was there. Yeah. It was already touching the guy's underarm and he was like, just cut him. There's a lot of potential for that there because it does look like he's locked it almost he was, in the position he needs it. His arm it. was raised and it was open and it was just cloth there. His sword was sitting there and he could have slashed him under the arm there. <laughs> That was a that was a good grab, but it probably wouldn't have done much against his plate, right? Especially if he'd grabbed it, it would have reduced the force. Ar well, armor works now. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Oh, oh see, armor doesn't work anymore. That's right through both. Oh, I don't you know, what is that he's wearing? It looks like almost like it's got holes in it. You guys managed uh, what to. What is that he's wearing? Yeah, it's got like holes in it. Like it's porous. I see what you mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which would explain how he gets the sword through rags, absolutely. May, well, no I, let me, I'm what, because I got it open on YouTube, because I want to see... Yeah, it's a very odd looking... He looks like he sort of just walks the sword into him. Yeah. There's not even much rolled. force. I mean... He rolled forward to do a thrust. I mean, the guy with the spear, all he needed to do was just thrust him when he was on the ground with no guard. Yeah. Just stab. So... I do not want to do somersault in front of an opponent. <laughs> and so at this point, you have to ask, like, they have, like, choreographers and armor slash medieval experts, don't they? Like, it wouldn't be too much of an ask, know. would it? Maybe they stopped paying the people they hired in the earlier seasons and thought, we could do this, we, we saw how they did it, we can do it. It's crazy, isn't it, because you'd imagine, like, would they be that expensive, do you know? Like, I, I wouldn't have thought... I, I don't think so, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people who would honestly do it for free almost, or they'd have to be paid very minimally, like me, or <laughs> Matt Easton from Scholar Gladiatoria, like, uh, and he would be better, he's like a, he, uh, you know, um, uh, he teaches this stuff and has done it for years. Get him on board. All the guys that we, the video we watched, the people, Adoria, people, get them and gosh. But a lot of people in chat have mentioned the deluge duel. Do you know what that is? I do not. I do I not, do not know either. Well, let's give it a shot, see what we're dealing with here, because I actually have literally no idea. Uh, oh, this looks like it's from the Duelist, is it? Oh, is that it? Could be. It might be. From not wasting Duel time here. Jewel. Oh, maybe well, here, let me use the Lou. I think I've seen this one. It's a saber. Oh yeah, they have been saying it's a saber battle. <clears throat> oh yeah, okay, I'll draw it back a bit, make sure we don't miss any of the context. Ah, guard position. And, um, and it's funny. 
It, it doesn't take much. Like just having a proper guard position improves a fight scene so much. And you stand side face to make sure you limit the amount of places they can yep. attack, right? Exactly. Do you know, I actually know that from Game of Thrones. It's a pretty basic thing, but it's in season one again. They say that. <laughs> so, you're like, what happened? What happened, Game of Thrones? <laughs> Especially with one, if you're using a, a one-handed sword, um, uh, but if you're do, using like a secondary thing or like a, like a second weapon or using a two-handed weapon, your chest does need to be a bit more presented just so you can hold it right. But it's always going to be on an angle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so some basic exchanges. They looked fine. And then uh, presenting the, the tip, keeping your opponent at bay. There's a uh, guy on the right. He's got a very formal oh, this stance. Is, uh, this is from Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, cool. I have no I idea. I just watched Fiddler on the Roof. It had no sword fights, did it? Yeah, it absolutely like, did. This was the part near the middle. Yeah, where everyone stood around with their swords in, their, in, their, in the village. And then the two, the, okay. the top Jews fought for the position of head Jew. Really? Because I, yeah, I watched the musical. This is, this is clearly not the musical I watched. <laughs> no, no, this this is the musical. Yeah. They're, they're in between songs. Um, Question, that stance he's got right there, this, this could, was... could he not thrust and potentially kill? Yeah, like if he... Well, yes and no. I mean, like, if he uh, angled it to the point where he could uh, keep his opponent's sword at bay and hold a guard position, yes, absolutely. Um, if he did it wrong and he went forward with a thrust and his head and keeping his head exposed, the guy's sword is in a position to do a, a very solid strike to the side of his head. I was actually so, going to say, yeah, all his opponent needs to do there is sidestep and then he gets a perfect opening, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, you always have to balance up what your opponent can do to counter and, and things. So Risk yeah, reward. Exactly. These these sounds are not good enough. You need swing, swing, swing. How to improve your fight? So yeah, if you lunge forward quickly, but I guess they just. Oh, oh! I like what he did there. <laughs> Is this sort of like he's baiting him to take the shot? Yeah, well, he's not then capitalizing on it, right? If you get someone to try and engage your blade and you just move your blade out of the way so it misses completely, that generally leaves your opponent open. And then if you follow that up with a thrust or, or something, you, it's a great move and stuff. And so just looping it out of the way, uh, I've done that before. It, it's, a, it's a wonderful you know, technique. It's good to see him doing it, but he's not capitalizing on it. Because when he when that guy swings down, he's open once the sword misses. Mm -hmm. This guy's a bold one. Okay, so that so was interesting. What they were doing there was a more Hollywood kind of choreography where they repeat the same move in repeated succession just so they have the movement on camera and it looks kind of engaging and stuff. Um, I'm not an expert with saber fencing, and I do know there there's a lot more kind of... Uh, like blocks and repetition on type of moves with uh, saber fencing. Don't quote me on that. Like I said, I'm not an expert. But to the extent that we saw there, that was for the choreography. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing that's some <laughs> form of a, a taunt in a way. 
it was supposed to be a flourish as it was not a good one wait what well, well, so what is that for exactly Showing off, like flourishes um, have a couple of important things. They help develop proficiency and comfort comfort with the sword. So proficiency is your ability to use it and and kind of know where the blade is without looking at it. So you can move it and manipulate it without hitting yourself. And so practicing flourishing really helps out with that. And it looks really good as well. And so uh, um, it's a great way for intimidating your opponent and showing competency with the blade and proficiency, like I said. And so people who say that flourishes are useless and you should never learn them, that's no. They're useless in the sense of actually trying to use them in the fight. But for other things, no, they're like flourishing has uh, some important roles to play. But what he was doing was a very... I, I, that well, was, look at my sword. It's <laughs> It's just... <laughs> Maybe if the light very, reflects, you might be able to... The opponent, you know, it could work. See, yeah, fast I can move my sword. <laughs> you swing that like a flail, sir. That's insulting. Oh, well, I never. Considering <laughs> how much I dislike flails, I would be greatly insulted. How dare you? The flail is amazing. It's much better than I, I saw your video. I'm sorry. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> The camera was awfully tight on some of those shots to the point where I'm like, I can't yeah. even tell what exactly is happening, but there we are. <laughs> yeah. But the guy on the left is keeping a, a fairly solid stance and uh, he's usually ending in a guard position from each position. And so that's good. And so you'll know what I was noticing there is like after an engagement or a strike is usually moving from guard position to guard position to guard position. And that, that is solid form. So that was good to see. The other guy is a bit more flailing. And that Ooh. was a very telegraphed strike. And then a disarm. So they're doing a very, like, they're showing in a very effective way that one opponent is far easily more skilled than the other. The other guy had less form, less, you know, structure in, in what he was doing. And, you know, the guy on the left, it was, you know, holding a good stance. And so that that's good. It's actually a good fight for what they're trying to show. I'm doing the honorable thing again. Up your sword. <laughs> it does feel a bit, you know. You defeat someone who didn't have a sword, you don't feel great about it. But if you did disarm well, them... Funny. Yeah, that's the if whole you, point yeah, of disarming them. If you disarm them and then followed that up with a strike right away, I don't think anyone would say, well, that was dishonorable. It's like, no, you, you got him open. But if you disarm yeah, them and they point. back away, then you're like, oh, now you're going to make me look like the oh, asshole. Now, exactly. <laughs> now I'll look bad if I hit you. Go and pick it up. Just don't. <laughs> you see how fast I move my sword? Want to do some more flippy flaps? Hmm. This was the sword I moved quickly. You might not have seen it the first time. <laughs> he looks very unimpressed in this stance. He does, is it? Well, here we go. Taunt. Yeah, obviously, uh, chat, none of us have any idea who these characters are or what's happening here, so we got no context to explain anything that might be additional in interesting information. Just the, uh, the council at, This is the Council of Rivendell. Yes, this Everyone's is standing with their cloaks and their swords. This is Elrond and Frodo. On the fellowship. I, I, very I easy, sound very a suspect simple. there, Rags. I don't trust you. That's correct, because we've established <laughs> this is from Fiddler on the Roof. Clearly. Wide swings. Oh, oh. The, that was a feint, right? Uh, yeah, I uh, I missed it a bit. I got distracted by thinking of Fiddler on the Roof. Thanks, Rags. <laughs> 
He spun <laughs> Sorry, they're telegraphing on the other guy. Like, yeah, he yeah, looks like he's a and little desperate. As uh, a few people have pointed out in chat as well, there's a lot of, and this isn't just with this fight, it's a lot of fights in general, that they, it's almost like they're aiming to hit the swords as opposed to each other. Yeah. Which uh, yeah. helps for the, the visual of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the first things you need to learn what to do when you're learning sword fighting is distance and timing and no, and uh, figuring out how to strike and move forward in such a way that your sword is in range of actually hitting the opponent. Because when people first pick up swords, they're too hesitant to do that. And yeah, they just start hitting swords instead of aiming for the opponent. So it's, one, it's, how you, it's a clear sign of a noob. Whoa, wide, wide telegraph swings, the guy's all... Yeah, so look, I, this is a good fight scene, actually, like, because the, uh, the sloppy sword fighting on one side is clearly intentional, because the other guy is, is fighting really yeah, well. he's very composed. Mm -hmm. Now, if he wanted, if he, if he just turned his sword a little bit, and sliced it sideways, you would take off the guy's fingers. So this is one of the dumb things in like movies. They love crossing the swords and the face is getting close and saying, you insulted <laughs> my mother. Shame on you. So well, it seems to be the, the the blonde guy is basically saying like, I know you can beat me, just do it. Yeah. It's just from a, uh, someone who's done sword fighting, it's so frustrating to see because whenever there's war slash, hmm. Whenever the swords connect, it's an opportunity to capitalize and do so much. And so when they don't do that and they just hold the swords on, it's frustrating. And and now the guys. Yeah, it looks like he's that been defeated. That would kill you. I was curious <laughs> what, what that strike was. It only looked like it would have grazed the top of his head, maybe. But I don't know, maybe. Yeah, like, it didn't cleft the skull. It just cut him to the skull. But from the look of it, that's not a death blow. Maybe the guy's his, his faking. He's alive. He's he's alive. He, has he hasn't fallen on his back. Is that how that works? You don't. You fall on your back if you're dead I, in front. If you're... It's news Quick, to me. everyone. Use your furry hats. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have a furry hat. That guy's pretty darn tall. <laughs> that is a tall. <laughs> Holy shit! So I head high. I'm taller than most of the guys around him. They call me the Fuzzy Mountain. <laughs> oh, it was not a slash. It pierced the skull. Oh, did it? Perhaps it was oh. like a thrust into the. Oh, I'm, just... I'm not sure. Now he's. Oh, skull. he didn't kill him. He just made him autistic. The, the 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 tricky thing is right. The skull is rounded, and if you're going to try and thrust towards the skull, more often than not, the tip will be deflected off, or only penetrate a small amount and get stuck in. Bone is pretty hard, and uh, don't like in reality, be very hard to thrust through the skull with a sword. Um, uh, uh, so you need something pretty powerful, of course, you <laughs> get through with like a... The Jew must fall on his back to die. <laughs> okay, <laughs> is that how that works? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It was from, it was, it was from the film, but yeah, so, um, seen a Jew die. have you seen Old Boy, Shad? I have not. So this is a famous battle scene because it's all one take, and uh, the way they shoot it is that one of these walls disappears, uh, so the camera can film it all from one side, and uh, okay. it's, it's generally looked at as one of the best fight scenes ever. Let's roll it back a little bit. Um, Rags would have seen... I don't know if you've seen the movie, Rags, but you've seen YMS's take on it, I assume. Yeah, I've, I've seen this fight scene, but I haven't seen the whole movie. Mm -hmm. Mm 
Well, they are doing the accommodating thing so far of going in one at a time, which was, you know, nice of them. Yeah. Um, but that's you can't. It's sometimes hard to avoid that. Uh, was I get super it. difficult with this one because uh, everybody needs to be on point with this to make the scene work. So if you find it's like, oh, I have a chance to actually hurt him here, but I can't do that for the scene. Like you'll have awkward moments mm -hmm. like that throughout, more than likely. It, it is funny though. I do have to admit when I have seen like fighting where it's multiple people against one person, it is surprising to see how hesitant some people are to try and engage. Like, see how he's fighting one person. Sometimes I've found other people are hesitant to try and rush and hit the, the, the opponent for fear that they'll hit the guy that's in the middle of the tussle with them at that very moment. And yeah. so they can be a bit hesitant because of that. But the guy did rush him from behind them, so that was good to see that they're ganging up. And when you get to this point, you're like, how could he possibly win this? It's like, well... <laughs> Perseverance. You do get, when you have a group of people, it does get awkward as to like, a lot of them will just be like, I, I think someone's hitting and, him, so I don't need to do anything. And this just is using in a small, like thin corridor. Yeah. So if they're just using sticks, well, he's got the deadlier weapon with a hammer. Yeah, there's, there's an assortment of weapons here, but mainly seems to be uh, sticks. And then punching and kicking, of course. He's, oh, he's hitting them in the, in the feet with the hammer at that point, which is going to hurt. That was one guy that just looked like he was leaning on him with his foot. Oh, stabbed through the back. Yes, he does get stabbed through the back. And it, it, it almost seems like everyone's like, well, there you go. Yeah, it's that's over. that. And you'll notice as well, the handle looks a bit dodgy because it's, it's a CGI. Um, I didn't. You'll see it moving or jittering us a little bit. Yeah, I suggest a little bit, yeah. You know, uh, kudos for the two of them, because that's tough. It's tough to get all that right, especially... I, I'm not sure when this got released, but hopefully chat can... Didn't they just use that. a fake handle? <laughs> Ooh, yeah, did he just, like, block that on his hand? I'm not sure, actually. Because, <laughs> you know, that's a solid bit of wood, and that was swung with some pretty, you know big speed behind it, that would hurt like hell just taking that on your forearm. Um, obviously this guy is a, is a tank. Oh, no, oh, it he looks like it. it. He, he slipped and threw it. And yes, he is a tank, actually. Uh, <laughs> like he's gone through years and years <laughs> of trading, so it's, it's enough to try and make this as believable as they can. But, uh, yeah, well, the big advantage he has here, obviously, is the narrow corridor. Giving him, uh... Yeah, and he is using that to his advantage. He so he moved to one side to put them all on one end, and now they're bottlenecked, and he only has to deal with like maybe two to three at a time if they're trying to rush him. And so he's in a much better position than being caught in the middle. That's for sure. Yeah, they're all they like... had that establishing shot right before this to show that narrowness. So yeah, yeah. See how implied it is. And they're all getting a little uh, like, ooh, maybe maybe don't maybe well, don't attack well, yeah, this guy. They weren't... <laughs> They're, well, it's very yeah. obvious they're not like trained, they're just street thugs. Yeah, they're they don't have like, fighting skill, and you know, they don't want to get hurt themselves. Exactly, so. and they've seen him fight off for so long already, I'd be second-guessing myself. Yeah, be I wouldn't like, want to uh, start you, it again. You guys go and get them, I'll watch. Yeah, you got this. You, you got this, Carl, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the big big dude getting in the way of everyone else, really, so it just makes sense. <laughs> Pick up the stick. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking off your shirt. It's like intimidation tactic. 
They're letting a few fall it's funny behind. though, people do that in real life. Oh, he took he, that off. Yeah, he did block the stick with the arm there and it broke. That must have, uh, hurt. He's got a knife in him. He does. You think maybe... <laughs> try and pull it out, use it. <laughs> actually, that is a good idea. Doing really well with the... He anticipated a punch from behind him there and actually ducked under it. Completely. And I mean, that's for, like, to show his superhuman skill. Even though it's probably not meant to be betrayed as a superhuman in real life. Is fighting at a superhuman level because good luck fighting like this in real life. But yeah, now you're at the point where the majority of the people in this they are just tired. They're just uh, yeah. That, you know, that's good. actually one of the lies I feel can be perpetuated in some martial arts. Not all, but I do feel that some martial arts or some martial arts have this idea that if they train, if they just train enough, they can fight like what they you know have seen people fight in movies and martial art movies and stuff oh and notice, notice fighting... this big guy is grabbing his leg where he got hit by a hammer earlier <laughs> so there's a bit of continuity there where he kicked and then got hit with a hammer on the side good stuff he just threw that you stick missed. Missed. You, you missed look at the is he dead not quite <laughs> I, I think it's just stuck subtitles oh right yeah well either way it's a good title for this whole battle I think Got my hammer. Careful knocking your back <laughs> yeah, against the wall. That. I know, you don't want to lean against it. Just <laughs> push that knife all the way in. And yeah, they are. Uh, so they remade this film, like an American version, and the fight scene is so much worse. It's painful. It? Oh. Yeah, there you go, you get your nice. Uh, that's how narrow Bro, that, was, that was a great fight scene. Well, it's, one of, it's typically looked at as one of the best fight scenes that exists for films, and I think that it deserves that sort of position. Uh, mm -hmm. Such an amazing feat as well, because the one-shot has taken a yeah. decent chunk of time to get right. And the blood comes out, yeah. He's not he's not as healthy as possible, but yeah, yeah, we get to see uh elevator full of these dudes. <laughs> <laughs> what would you be thinking? He was like, what? Yeah, then he just opens it and they all fall out. Bit of movie magic yeah. there, I'm not sure how they stayed up, but hey. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh... Good ah, that's a good start. Good one. I like that one. Yeah, I thought, I saw someone mention it in chat and I figured, why not? It's such a classic, uh... I'm gonna assume that you've seen Lord of the Rings. Oh, of course. Of course. Rags, have you seen Lord of the Rings? I have. My goodness. I know someone who hasn't. He's called Jay. He's the worst. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> um, but yeah, specifically, Fellowship of the Ring, where uh, good old Mr. Lurtz fights. Let's see if I can find it first. Copyright issues. I will keep the cover up for a second. Oh, do you want to um dispel the idea that... uh. You should be using a bow if you are a, a female character because bows require less strength. <laughs> Always a standard one uh, you get. Yeah, I know, I know. And it is cool to see like a strong base character using a tough as bow, you know. And so it's rare, but it's good to see. Yeah, because uh, people just, it's almost associated now thanks to media that it's like, oh, you're a female, you can use a bow. <laughs> and you're like, why? <laughs> <laughs> Give him, give him a long way. Like I've, uh, I've uh, fired or shot a eighty-pound bow, 
And uh, when you pull it back, wow, you feel it like like your mu- like, and that's right because I haven't conditioned myself to it, of course. Mm-hmm. And your your back muscles just burn. They, they, uh, but I could shoot it though. That 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 was my kind of uh, thing that I was like ah. So it wasn't too difficult, but you could certainly feel it. <laughs> this is uh, this is fantasy, <laughs> but I can I can give you know con- I can concede it to certain elements in fantasy because it is fantasy, and you want you know heroes to fight on a level much higher than in reality. Those stuff and then, yeah, because this, this fight, it's really gritty suddenly with how they're both yeah. sort of, they've lost all their primary weapons. Just straight Through up punching. Yeah. We have uh, a funny story actually, uh, you know like show and tell back in school. Good old, good old fashioned show and tell. A friend of mine for show and tell in like year four brought in Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, and he wanted to play this scene in full. Um, and like several girls in our class got legitimately terrified of Lutz <laughs> to the point where the teacher was like, We can't show this. <laughs> it's like, he's too scary. And all the guys were like, wow. Oh my god, please finish it. It's so good. I don't know. I think. I think we're so soft these days. Have you seen some of those kids' movies that back in the day, like Watership Down and oh, all yeah, that stuff? Oh yeah, dude. Like, uh, terrifying like, stuff. Cra- Return- Johnny Quest, he motherfucking killed people. Return to Oz, you guys seen that movie? I can't... Oh, I can't terrified children everywhere. Come on, chat. Who was terrified yeah, by Return to Oz? <laughs> fucking wheelers. Oh, oh. Tell you what, like... Movies that freaked me out was that, like Never Ending Story and The Legend, uh, and that's like with a really young Tom Cruise in it. Oh, mm-hmm. Legend? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Great, great and stuff. It, great stuff. Uh, but th- there were parts of just that, they freaked me out as a kid, you know? Like, oh, I remember like Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, right? I love, love that it. movie. I love it, right? Love so, it. There's so many corny things in it. I, I've, I've made four dedicated videos. Ripping I it apart those, for all yeah. its inaccuracies. I love that but movie But I still so much. love it, right? I love but th- it. I watched it when I was uh, pretty young, and the scene where the sheriff runs through Guy of Gisborne, I I, rem- I have vivid memories of me cringing and holding my gut just like, ah, seeing that sword go through his gut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fairness, when he licks the knife covered in blood, this demonic creature, I can see why people might find it a bit <laughs> creepy, but my goodness, is it awesome. It's deflected great. the knife. Is there anything cooler than that? And yeah, in case you guys didn't know, he really deflected a real knife. Dude, I didn't know he did that. Yeah, it was uh, supposed to be a prop knife. Turned out it was a real knife, and he actually deflected it. I believe that's the story. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, I mean, it, well, how I fucking cool is that, though? How cool he is that? Like broke his foot and all sorts of shit. Yeah, he, he chipped his tooth. You know the part where he jumps off the ruin and lands on the, um, some other guys? Mm-hmm. He actually chipped his tooth from that stunt, and they had to glue it back on, and he just kept on rolling. Oh, dude, Viggo Monson pulled out all the stops for his role in the... Yeah. Aragorn. Yeah, and I love this bit. It's just full on attack, 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 yeah, attack. Just... And then, ah, uh, yeah, see, that's great. <laughs> love it. And then pulls and, uh, it in. You know... Terrifying women everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and boom. And I love, like, sometimes, because he's using such a good, you know, designed longsword that looks so authentic and realistic, and seeing and showing that, you know, good longswords. They can do some serious cuts. They can, and they can. Like it's just it was satisfying to see arm taken off and then a head taken off. What about the uh, the Urukai weapons? What do you think of them? 
they're very like uh, fantasy, and so in a fantasy setting, they're perfectly fine for the type of you very know warriors that you are. Pretty blunt. Yeah, yeah. They're they're like execution one edged executioner swords and. Mm. For, for what the Urukai are, I think well, absolutely. This thing they're so stylish that they just you associate them with who the Urukai are, and you're just like, oh yeah, that's that's the Urukai weapon. Yeah. Yep, it's just a sharpened bit of metal. And in reality, you would not want to use a sword like that because it'd be so heavy and cumbersome. But the Urukai are stronger than humans; they can handle it, and so mm -hmm. it suits them quite well. <clears throat> Yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't want to keep you for longer than you're able, because you implied earlier that it might be an hour that you're available, and you've now been here for yeah. three, so... <laughs> <laughs> might need to leave it there, but I've just been having so much fun that, uh, you know, completely yeah, lost track good stuff, of man. It's always, because this is the thing, you, we all see these action scenes, we just love the shit out of them, and then we're like, oh, fuck, we should probably think about exactly what's going on here, just to ruin it for ourselves. Like, yeah. <laughs> well... It's funny because, like, I can uh, I can actually kind of compartmentalize a bit and, and put aside it and just try and enjoy a fight scene, especially if it's well choreographed and it just looks nice and is visually interesting. I can still enjoy it. Um, it's just when you really try and break it down, you're like, oh. and sometimes even when I do try and you know put my uh, critical side away, there are things that are so dumb that it's it's impossible to ignore, and you're like, what? Well. <laughs> For instance, the TLJ uh, big battle sequence, there is everything is wrong. <laughs> it's like everything. <laughs> yeah. I can't so, imagine how much fun that was for you. Oh, uh, gosh. Yeah, because I've done a video, I've reviewed Ray's fighting style, and there is a part in. Oh, gosh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, so, but the other thing is, like, it's, what's disappointing about it all is that. I don't know why Hollywood hasn't caught on to the fact that they can make their, you know, their fight scenes more accurate and just and they would look better as a result. And it 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 wouldn't be any harder than these overly elaborate, you know, convoluted uh, choreographed messes that they try and make. Um, and so it's just like it's a mystery. Like, and there's people already showing that it can be done. Like those, you know, that video we watched where it was done with real historical technique, and it looks so much better. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is the thing. I hope we can kind of push for that. It would be cool because, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, the usual stuff. Maybe maybe it's about time someone focuses on that. And, you you, you know, these movies do exist. Uh, someone in chat's probably be like, oh, you need to see this. This has already happened. Well, it's funny. Like, I, oh, of course. I just saw one. I just saw someone say, have I ever covered Rob Roy? I haven't covered it in a video, but I've watched it. And uh, the Rob Roy fight scene at the end is, is great. Uh, that's another really oh, good fight go. scene. Oh, there you go. If you guessed again in future, we shall, we shall put that one and TLJ mm -hmm. on the list. I think people are going to want to see you uh, <laughs> maybe talk about some things of like that. So I'll make a note. Rob Roy... I think Kingdom of Heaven was mentioned a whole bunch as well, and uh... yeah, that's that's actually that has some interesting elements in that, that. There's a there's a there's a big fight scene where he takes on a couple of armored knights, and there's actually some good parts in that one in the King Kingdom of Heaven that's, one. And the there's a beginning fight too where um, you've got um, Liam Neeson's in it. That's <laughs> true. But uh, all right, we'll have to save that for another time then. Well, do yeah, it. man. Um, it has been fantastic to have you. Do you want to do you want to talk to my audience a bit about why they should uh, they should subscribe to you? And I'll pop your link in chat so they can all rush over. Because I can be a bit spastic with my over enthusiasm. It's fun. <laughs> That's just there's an endorsement. <laughs> um, oh, it's just I'm a nerdy guy who likes nerdy things and uh, with an over obsession with swords, weapons, armor, and stuff. And so 
I I love to break things down, see how they could have been applied better in fantasy, um, but also to share when things are done right as well. And uh, and uh, so it's kind of like a mer like a splicing between medieval weapons and armor and pop culture and things. That's that's kind of what I do. And if you're interested in that kind of stuff, you'll uh, you'll enjoy my content. Yep, I'm very much subscribed, enjoying stuff. If you guys like, just search for Shad and then a keyword of of any sort, and you should probably find something that you'll find interesting. Like, I mean, a good starter might be for them to check out your Thanos, uh, Thanos Dual Sword yeah. video. It started, check out a bunch of stuff. The first video I saw from you, uh, funnily enough, was the one where you're testing out the, uh, the 3D printed armor and swords, which... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they went Christ. wild, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was, yeah, what was your impression of that one? Well, the funny thing oh. is, I think that's when I first started to take armor much more seriously. I was like, oh wow, even the 3D printed armor actually manages to block a couple of things here. It's just like, yeah, a katana! It blocks a katana! <laughs> so, um... Yeah, Shadiversity slash Shad, right? You, it's the channel versus the name. You, you, uh, exactly. Yeah, That's so exactly right. uh, plenty of videos. Just check them, check all the titles, and find something you want to watch, and then you'll eventually end up watching them all. I'm sure because they're uh, very entertaining. Um, well, thanks for having me, guys. This has been great. No problem. And uh, obviously, you'll be great. welcome to come back and talk more about swords, castles, and how bad everything is in media. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well. Um, I'll, I'll see you around then. Yeah, take care of yourself. Good stuff, man. Around. See ya. Gotcha. And then there were two. You and I. You know what, Rags? You should talk about how you've been. What have you been up to in the time you've been away? You missed a whole EFAP. How could you? Yeah, you guys had Actman on. He actually showed up this time. He did? <laughs> I'll, um... I, I haven't watched it yet. My access to the internet has... It was pretty, uh, pretty limited... Um, but I, I was gone up and I went up to Missouri, family stuff, Mother's Day, all that. Mm -hmm. Um, met a bunch of people I hadn't seen in a long time. So I just, I actually got back for those of you who aren't aware, it is 640 in the morning, uh, where I am. <laughs> I left around eight o'clock to get here a little bit after midnight because I need, I need to be here, you know? Um, so I slept before I left got up and here i am making i i, I if you schedule an efap at 3 a.m then damn it i'm gonna be up at 3 a.m doing an efap that's the thing i uh i was sitting on the previous stream i was like oh yeah yeah i got an efap you know fucking ages from now and it's like oh god it's an hour <laughs> gotta, gotta get everything ready uh, all i've been doing is internet today and i need to do more internetting before going to going to sleep and i need to eat food it's insane but uh well worth it i fucking love this episode it was great yeah i would there's a lot to learn i really i really like uh really like shadowversity stuff i like listening to him talk about things an excellent guest or at least Just uh absorbing all the information once you put him in his in his in his in his element you could tell that he uh Likes his sword and medieval stuff, so because it, was, uh, I, cause it I wasn't like necessarily that. That was, that was wasn't necessarily intending to just watch seeds and talk about them, but mad is it fun just going through? It, was, and being it like, is fun to look through it and analyze it. I really like that. Yes, I'm still up from yesterday, Jay. <laughs> what stream we all before? It, it uh, gives us a little break from the superhero Star Wars yeah, stuff, yeah. branching out a bit. Matt, yeah. well, I um I talked to because I have I have many guns, being the. Uh, Right, proper American that I am, but I I don't have any swords, so I talked to Shadowversity about getting one, and he recommended me a company, and I bought a sword from Albion, um, from his recommendation. So he is he is a very helpful guy. 
Awesome. Yeah, we recommend everyone should get swords. Not to kill people, everyone, but just to have a sword. I think it should... Honestly, it should be mandatory that every house has at least one sword. And yeah, uh, you were not on the previous one because you were away, and Wolf is not on this one because he's currently sleeping, but on top yeah, of that, uh, Wolf will be leaving next Sunday, I believe, so we're maybe going to have enough time to fit in. We're going to try and do a recording session for EFAP Movies while releasing oh our next what EFAP are... Movies on Sunday. And the one we're releasing is... Well, let's keep it as a surprise, Rags. It's the oh. it's the one we did most recently, the excellent film that, it, that I'll oh. just say blind should uh, be able to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, exciting stuff. And I'll be putting up uh, the stream me and Wolf did on Moolah as well. It's just basically us ripping apart the... Uh, it's like a review of the episode, and we even got joined by Geeks and Gamers, which apparently, because Wolf's not going to be around on Sunday because he's going to be gone, I'll probably be streaming my reaction to the uh, the fifth... Well, the sixth episode with Jeremy again, and possibly that Star Wars girl, so that'll be fun too. But um, for now, it's time for us to read some Super Chats. Let's make sure we get all this nice and toyed up before we possibly hit Bird Box. Everyone's assuming Bird Box from Blind. Nope, not Bird Box. Not Bird Box. Nope, it's the Blindening. The Blinding 2. What about the third one? Blinding Revelations. No, Blinding Revengeance. Revengeance. Uh... It's 4.43 a.m. here. Too bad I have to go to bed soon. I'll be around as long as I can. Well, no problem, Legion, because uh, it'll all be on Moolah, like I said. Plenty of, we got, I think it was like a five-hour stream plus this three-hour one. You'll you'll get plenty of stuff. And uh, we only recently did the other EFAP. I feel like I've been, I need to start working on videos. <laughs> I've, got, I've got two Rage videos potentially to make now because of Game of Thrones. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing anymore. I was thinking about it, like, uh, I'll probably talk to you about it, Rags, see what you think, but... This episode that just came out was so bad. I was like, surely I have to make a rage video for this one, but it's like, but I just skipped the last one that I could have made a rage video for. Chat was saying I should make a rage video. I was just fucking, I don't know anymore. I don't know what, what where's up and down. That's that's my question. Do I even make a season one? I'm gonna make rages for each individual one. I don't even know. I tell you, man, passionate passionate rage is 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 it gets in the way of a consistent release schedule. That's that's that is my. That is my objective opinion. Um, either way, I'll, I'll keep an eye on what people are thinking, but I think it's more than likely I'll make a rage video for this recent episode because, good God, I've never been so angry on behalf of a character I'm not even a huge fan of, um, as well as all the other dumb shit. I'm looking for... I can show you some of it, Rags. You'll, you'll find it amusing what happened in the last episode. But anyway... Yay. Um, I think they crafted coherent time travel by accident. The director's explanations for how time travel works in the movie doesn't fit with what's seen. Oh, yeah. The, the Russo brothers have been saying some interesting things in interviews. I have, uh, I have found it's very, very strange. To quote another YouTuber, Mr. Enter, the most consistent time travel story is the story without time travel. I hope I got that right. I fucking talk to me, Wolf, possibly Rags, and definitely Fringy. Just don't do it. Just don't do time travel. Just don't do it. Also, don't cheat on your wife. That too. Uh, pro tip. <laughs> Captain Marvel should have been Adam Warlock instead. He was set up at the end of Guardians 2 and they could make a Terminator-style movie where Adam is trying to kill the Guardians. Instead, we got Plank. Yeah, but she's such a great character. People Hello. are saying watch the Jeremy Johns vid. Uh, we can do that at the end if people really want me to check it out. I'm assuming he's changed his mind on um, Game of Thrones, which could be interesting. Hmm. Gone from loving to hating. All of my, mm -hmm. hello all my M-words. Yeah, we're all massives here, we're all very open about it. 
I'm kind of glad I never got far into Game of Thrones, otherwise I would want to finish it or more. Very annoyed at what it's become. Yeah. Most people are who stayed with it, unfortunately. Back with another one of these, Mauler. The more I think about this episode, the more I love it for being so red-billed on the type of power-hungry lunatic SJW wham in whom Danny typifies. Again, I don't know, um... I don't know what the reaction from people who love Danny is gonna be. Uh, some of them feel like it's justified. I think some people are very angry. I, uh, I'll be interested to see what's happened. Mauler, Danny forgot the bells meant they surrendered. It makes sense, okay? Stop being a hater. She forgot. Thank you, Shad, for inspiring me to do unspeakable things with a very long PVC pipe at night. I'm not sure how he would have reacted to that. <laughs> he would have... Uh, Why not just say that the character forgot? It's easy. Anyone can write. Why? Because whammin' with power who get rejected by a guy who go dick crazy are actually not rational people. She's always been a shite leader. I agree with that. I don't agree that she's always been cool with murdering innocent people. By the thousands. Another one. Uh, season 7, I don't want to be a queen of the ashes. Season 8, Lanny's get out re... Yeah, that quote didn't age well, did it? She says in season 7, I don't want to be queen of the ashes. And it's like, she just burned the shit out of everybody, but okay. And I'm sure people will be like, ah, but you've missed, you've, you've skipped over the important character development. Mm, yes. yes, of course. Shad, Rags, you and You don't understand Mola? the theme. What a glorious day. Rags, when can we expect videos? I'm starting to feel withdrawal. Spread love, happiness, oh, and I'm, love. I'm trying. I'm, I really am trying. This one's just a slog to do. And there will never be another one like it because of how much of a slog it is. I've learned my lesson. Mm, there you go. I know you said it before, but what mic do you guys use again? Also, oh wait, well, so the AT2020 is what I'm using. What are you using, Rags? I use the AT2020 USB+. Plus. Oh, there you go. We're so I think mine's the USB one, yours is the XLR one. Yes. They're very good. They're like 100, 120 bucks. I think so. Around yeah. there. Very worth it, I think. I've had this one for years and years. Never any problems with it. Works great. Uh, also, what milk did the cosmic chicken drink before it laid the cosmic egg? Well, that we can answer that, really. That's... Hmm. There are some things that... People that's, are just aren't meant to know. That's what we call high law. Like, there's law and then there's high law. High law is like... These are just mysteries of the universe. Yeah, to access high law, it takes, like... There's so many microtransactions and DLCs and stuff that take you to high law. It's, it's crazy. Mortals like us were never meant to know such answers. That, that, yeah, there you go. Does cosmic chicken milk exist and what does it taste like? Only the cosmic chicken knows. I was going to say, that's really high-powered milk that really isn't accessible on, like, a lower... They yeah. say it would drive a regular mortal man mad with knowledge and texture. Yes. Glad to see Shad on here. I recently got into his channel and love his videos. I'm at work now, so I can't stay. Have fun. I recommend everyone get into his videos. It's just... Mm. Fun knowledge to yeah. absorb, and who doesn't love swords, shields, armor, castles, all that good stuff? Yeah, man. It's good good stuff. She destabilizes empires and genocides people everywhere she goes, brings savages who reap and pillage like no one else, and goes through advisors faster than light. Varus was based and correct-pilled. Um, Varus probably shouldn't have gotten behind her in season, like, five or four, even, uh, if that were something he felt. I don't know what took him so long to realize that if he was always going to come to that conclusion. Five dollars to support you and your work. I just wanted to see if you got my DM about Primer and why I thought it was interesting and will you watch it with the others. Yeah, I'll try and watch um, Primer with like Wolf Rags, maybe even Fringy as well, and we could all try and figure it out, because I remember it being um, it's quite I high concept. I think we ruined our uh, uh, Fringy by telling him, hey, let's watch this fun movie, it'll be great. 
and then it was what it was. We'll reassure him that this one is legitimately a... Like, a no, no, movie. no, this will be a different movie. I swear, it's not like Unicorn Store Friggy, please. <laughs> hey, Shad, are you going to do your trademark scream? Um, I think we may have gone near that at some points during this podcast. Ugh. Maybe that's going to be the bait for the round two when he comes back. <gasps> Maybe I should put armor on these barn-sized flying lizards. Nah. Well, who needs armor when you can obliterate every single scorpion in just in like ten seconds? It's not. Why not? Hey, man, if it's your if it's your time, if the plot says it's your time, then go with no fear. Uh, thanks, Shad, for your Darth Maul blade video. Yeah, it was good shit. Who let the rags out? Who? 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 <laughs> Chris Avalon. It was me. I let myself out. I'm in control of my destiny. The creator of KOTOR 2 shat on TLJ. Really? Sounds hilarious. Keep them masses. Wait, the creator of KOTOR 2 shat on TLJ, apparently. Oh, yeah. I heard that. Um, Chris the Avalon. Knights, uh, the New Order, yeah. <laughs> Stop. Hated it. Uh, keep them masses away from Star Wars, boy. They're coming to Star Wars. There's nothing we can do to stop it, apparently. Um, well, Molly, you're missing a crucial plot point. Extras and expendables wear hard leather armor or light armor, while protagonists have plot armor. Yeah, plot armor's really expensive, but it's, it was well worth it, I'd say. Uh, Jorah said the broadsword was built to pierce plate. Um, I should have, mm, we should probably no. have, this is the thing, I, we did definitely go over it with Shad, so. No, like, you can't, like, just stab, you, can, you certainly can't slash through it, but you can't just stab a sword through plate mail. It's like it's a solid piece of thick metal. It's gonna be tough. Um, ah, blue, blue. Danny suffered so much, and she was treated so unfairly. Most people loved... L John loved got killed. His life was a lie. He literally died, and he's still a good person. This shit show just got redeemed. I think that's fair, yeah. A lot of people go through tough stuff and don't turn out to be psychopathic murderers, so maybe Danny is being forgiven a little bit too quickly by a lot of people. Yeah, that's what you think. Even as someone who never liked Game of Thrones, I'm sorry it turned so sour. I used to say I dislike slash don't watch it, but at least I can say it's good. Well... Subversion is coming. Yep. Shard, which duel from Star Wars you think is the best? I will have to... I, I, I wish we could have asked him that. But yeah, that would have been... Hmm. Um, they even bothered to show Aya stab the Night King in a gap, but forget armor works later. Hi, Shad. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, it's this really strange gap as well. Makes you wonder why you would have a gap. Years, yeah. Uh, go to Shad's channel after EFAB. Good content. Plus he's a massive. Yep, that's, yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mola, have you asked the Episode 9 and Adoption question yet? <laughs> the adoption question. Uh, how would you proper bill hook fair versus plate? Um, again, these are. I guess I should have kept an eye on if there were any relevant questions for Shad, because obviously me and Rags can't answer these. Um, not that I know of. Do you know what a bill hook, a proper bill hook, is, Rags? Yeah, it's a it's a kind of weapon. It's, how does it it's fare like, against um, plate armor? I don't know. Um, it might be because it's like a generally it's like a knife size thing. With a like a thick knife, and it's got a little pointy end that comes out of the top. You can hook people like it. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it's. Um, I don't know if you. I don't think you can pierce plate with it. Like plate, serious business. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Bad. <laughs> any thoughts on adoption? Don't freak out. <laughs> Hello, Bola. I found a picture of one of your people. How do I get it to you? Uh, Twitter would be the best way if you're trying to share something. 
Daenerys did what Killmonger wanted for Wakanda. That's actually true. It's not even... yeah. I mean, Killmonger might not have killed as many, but hey. Nice to have a live EFAP at work, and it's educational. Also, hi special guest Shad and Rags. <laughs> yep, yeah, Rags Hello, is back. Hello, always glad to be a guest on EFAP. The most requested guest. Oh, Millions of voices cried out requested. in terror on social media. I guess Season 8, Episode 5 is another crap show. Absolutely. Question for Shad, how accurate slash practical is the armor in Skyrim? Huh? Um, obviously Shad isn't here to answer that, but how accurate slash practical is the armor in Skyrim? Which one? Yeah, I can't really answer that, uh, fortunately. I vote Old Boy Fight. Oh yeah, we did, we did get to play that. Swordplay Critique? Nothing escapes EFAP's gaze. Yep, you never know with this sort of thing. Would any of you rail Captain Marvel in the throat? No. No. <laughs> there we go. Daenerys quick saved before burning everybody. I actually saw that meme on Free Folk and uh If only, mate. If only. The Chad impractical stance versus the Virgin Cuck Lord technique. Not even sure. I, that might have been referencing Troy. I'm not sure which one. Things. Uh Achilles had lice, that's why he scratched his head. Oh. oh. I see. Yeah, that's a part of the plot that I failed to mention. That's my bad. Still going? Absolute mad lads. If you're referring to the stream as a whole, then it's mad lads considering what we normally do, but, I mean, three hours? Me and Rags, uh, normal. Three, three hours, normal. Wouldn't they be using steel swords at this point? In reference to the Greek uh, era? I have no idea, I'm afraid. I think Google yeah, I might know. be able to answer that. This Maybe. EFAP is positive, informative, and educational. What the expletive? This isn't the toxic hate-mongering I neglect my adopted kids to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try spitting, that's a good trick. Oh yes. I don't like my adopted son, daddled loke. Oh shit, yeah, Rags, you're gonna have to watch the uh, the newest EFAP, because there's so many new memes. We, we covered oh, Tonald. Holy well, fuck. I, I haven't been around the internet for like four days now, so I, I got some catching up to Yeah, you got a few years to catch up on. <laughs> Ugh. How long was it? Uh, I want to say five hours, maybe six. Oh, that's nothing. I'll knock that out. Oh, yes. Sec. <laughs> uh, the things they call dragons are actually wyverns. Yeah, I've, you should, I wish Wolf was here. He gets really pissed when people try and distinguish between dragons and wyverns. Um, I think the difference is when the arms are attached to the wings or separate. Um, when they're attached, they're wyverns. Just, when yeah, I, everyone knows that. I think. I, I'm, I think someone in chat's gonna be like, "No, Mola, <laughs> what did actually?" And I'll be like, "Okay, I'm sorry." Consult chat to know the difference between a dragon and a wyvern. Uh, Bron versus Veil vale Knight, surgical technologist here. Arteries don't pump that fast. Oh, there you go. There you go. Uh, look for the Last Kingdom duel scenes and BOTN. BOTN. What do you reckon that is? Bitch on the neighbors. <laughs> Sometimes the neighbors are loud, the dog poos in your garden, and they're up all night, so you got a bitch on the neighbors. I think you the mean neighbors? Blade, Blade of the Night. That's a cooler name. Blade of the Night? Yeah. You mean like shaving really late? Yeah, and exactly that. That was what I was referring Some, to. Sometimes you wake up, it's three in the morning, you need a clean <laughs> shave. Uh, you, don't like to, you don't like to feel the scratch against your pillow when you're sleeping, you know, from your little... You're your scruff. Game of Thrones swapped out Ryan Johnson for Michael Bay this episode. I had a series of profanities written out, but YouTube wouldn't let me send it. I am so sorry. Oh. 
Even Jeremy Johns turned on Game of Thrones this episode. I'm actually, like, hyped to see this now. A lot of people are saying this is evidence can, that it's all over. We can watch it once we're done. Oh, yeah, we're nearly, uh... Check it out. There. Oh, shit, I caught an EFAP live. Well, here... Oh. <gasps> oh, wow, the Super Chats thing just fucking cut out for me. Oh, there we go, it's back. Whee! Terrifying. Oh, shit, I caught an EFAP live. Well, here goes the next 13 hours of my life. 13. That's ridiculous. We'd never go for 13. <laughs> Poland can Poland can into saber fights. All right. Yeah, boy. Opinions on chainsword slash axes. Chainsword. Well, a chainsword seems. Oh man, I don't know. I feel like using a like you like in like from Warhammer. I'm guessing. Well, I don't know. You can't really slash with it. Because the whole point of each with a chainsaw, you have to hold and apply pressure to something if you want to cut through it. Hmm. And the person at the other end might not let you do that. And it might all the little sinews and guts and fleshy bits could get caught up in the chain. I think it's like it's a fun idea, but I don't think in reality it would work. And you'd, and you'd have all that weight for the motor to run. And that weight wouldn't be part of the cutting end. It would be like near the hilt at the bottom and the chain would have to I don't know it just doesn't ugh. I just don't think it'd work I have no idea because I'm not even entirely sure of what the weapon would be uh, watch the duel from Alatrist duel wielding what that is but uh, maybe next time have you guys seen Star Wars SC38 reimagined I have very cool, though I don't know if it fits in with A New Hope very well, considering that film was much more, I want to say, um, calm and, and uh, dry, but not in a bad way, while this was very flashy, and um, I feel like if you were to actually try and slot it into the film, it might seem a little bit jarring, but I guess, you know, that's the point, is they're trying very hard to make it slot in, so. But very impressive, um, special effects-wise, and very cool. I recommend everyone check it out. Star Wars SC38 Reimagined. YouTube it. Uh, was awesome Alrighty. to see. Was awesome to see Shad on an early morning educational EFAP. This will be the educational EFAP, I guess. Uh, Shad, your video about misconceptions of medieval castles and life was great. YouTube is flooded with awful history videos, which needs to be criticized. Absolutely. Listen, if you ever you see EFAP teaches one many things. And yes. to that list, we will add: if you ever find yourself in a sword fight. You will be able to draw upon your EFAP knowledge <laughs> to armor yourself and arm yourself properly to give you the greatest chance of survival. Just another one of the many, many services that EFAP provides, free of charge to all of That's our viewers. very true. We live in a world where sword fights can break out at any moment. Be ready. Search for Shad. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't know what bad things come up with Shad. Maybe I'm too naive. Um... Did I miss Shad screaming matriculations or matriculations? And uh, yeah, I'm afraid we didn't get to talk about that this time around. But there'll always be opportunities next time. Any chance you guys are gonna have Louis Leva? Louis Leve is it? Louis Leveau? Yeah, um, he's kind of on the list, I think. Yeah, he's definitely um a potential. We just got a got a couple to sort of slot in where we can. But yeah, definitely uh in the future. HBO is coming to film the Nevers at my house. Wonderful. I have no idea what that is, but. Hopefully that works out. Uh, you guys have ruined oh, the word. You guys have ruined the word massive for me. The other day, somebody at work described something as massive, and I started laughing in front of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the best inside joke ever. 
A bill hook is a pole arm that looks like a fleur-de-lis and has a spike on the right end instead of another blade. Fair enough. Um, I have sent you the picture on Twitter as a reply to the Zionist. Um, I'm probably not going to look at Twitter until after this stream now because I've got a shit ton of notifications that it's just going to... It like seems to fuck with um, my ability to like see the live dashboard, so I don't know, but I, I will check it out. Trying to figure out what's more painful, seeing my last relationship of nearly two years slowly fade away before my eye and feeling powerless to do anything about it, or season eight of this show. Gotta be season eight of this show. That's that's where the real pain is. Uh, be warned, rags, they do a lot of slow nold totaled, slow totaled, slow nold. Slow nold? As we've started calling him in episode 34. Oh god, yeah, I guess we already, yeah, we call the slow vision slow nold and the upped vision. I think it was like speedled or something, and then speedled. there's a couple of other alter egos as well, so you have that to you look forward to. You just call it Gonald. Slow and go. Gonald. Oh, I think, yeah, that could have worked. It's a slow See, if nold, I was man. there, if I was there, you'd have all this stuff. Yep. This is what happens when I'm not around. Alright, so are you in the watch together? No. Let's, uh, I can be, though. Yeah, I was just going to say, if we want to check out Mr. Jeremy Johns' take on uh, Game of Thrones. I don't know if... Yeah, let's do it. Will I need to pause this every year so often for the copyright, or...? I doubt for Jeremy Johns. Yeah, I'd hope not. Jeremy, if you ever see that we're covering you, we're doing this just to see what you think, okay? It's fair use. <laughs> People have bitched a lot about this show this season. I haven't because I've been like the hopeful optimist. Like I don't think there are enough episodes to stick the landing, but I'm going to hope they pull it off. But now there's today. Also, spoiler warning. <laughs> I'm going to give you that spoiler warning because I'm going to straight up spoil this episode for you. You've been warned. Before we get started, this episode, like all episodes of Game of Thrones Season 8 that I'm talking about here on my YouTube channel are brought to you by the Stardust app. The Stardust app is I don't. Sorry. App that Jeremy. That hair is the most unfuckable thing I've ever seen. Hey, <laughs> man, it's his, it's his style, all right? It's I don't watch Jeremy Johns, so I... Wow. Man, no, don't. Yeah, I don't... Uh, it seems very uh, cartoony. Let you react yeah, to review movies, trailers, TV shows. For 30 like seconds Archie at a Bunker time, click the link below, download the Stardust app. <laughs> follow me at Jeremy Johns, get your voice out there. Also, for those of you who followed me at Jeremy Johns, tag me in your Game <gasps> of Thrones posts. I have another winner to announce. A winner for them and a friend. All right, all right, get on with it. All right. <laughs> Fly down to Los Angeles, California for the Game of Thrones series finale party. Hoping they stick the landing to this thing, but we'll talk about that more. I'll oh. tell you who the winner is at the end of this video. First, got to talk about the episode. Okay. Until now, like, you can say what you want about, oh, the battle and it was poorly lit. I watched Game of Thrones at night with no lights on, so it didn't bother me. Point is, they hadn't violated any characters Bullshit. this season. Ooh, that's, a, that's an interesting statement there, Jeremy, but okay, I'll let it go. You haven't violated any characters? Sure. Until this point. Yeah, the writing this season had been weaker than others. The writing, actually, everything after season four had been weaker. Like, season one- There's a lot of Jeremy's. Jeremy's the quartering, right? As well as Geeks and Gamers and Jeremy Johns. If you have a child chat, which you won't, but if you ever do, don't name him Jeremy. Mm-hmm. That'll be a massive thing to do. Four, like masterful. Anything after season four, it's like fine and entertaining, but it's not seasons one through four. But really, it's today made me go, oh, internet was right. Really, there are three things that. It's interesting how um, it takes something different for everybody to like, sort of switch teams. Like so the lo yeah. the logic of the battle that doesn't work on so many viewers in terms of like I don't care logic of the battle I don't care. Um, 
character not achieving something that was clearly set up in their arc, even some people be like, ah, I don't care about that. And then the Deus Ex sort of marking their appearances of like different characters teleporting around, it's like, again, they don't care about that. Yeah, but, okay. but what seems to have definitely gotten Jeremy in particular is uh, what they did with Daenerys, which I gave you a crash course in, so you know what he's talking about. Yay. Stand out, so I'm just gonna stick to them for this video. First of all, before we get into it, we were told this was gonna be a big battle. It's not a big battle, it's a massacre. Part of the problem, but first of all, the problem. The problem they've been building for a while is the fact that Tyrion's a moron now. Tyrion- <laughs> like, I'm surprised he said that this is like a, this is a now thing. He's been a moron since season like five, I think, but yeah, he's right. Lannister, the intellect, the brain, the cunning, the tactician, the coolest one in the show by far. Now he's like this supporting character that sometimes might be smart, other times, Varys is smarter than him. Most obviously, now he is. Really, I feel like Varys and Tyrion, like, their roles... I mean, Varys is dead, so Tyrion's definitely smarter than him. Should have been swapped. See, right now, Varys is like, Daenerys is not good for the realm. Tyrion's like, I have to hope, because hope against logic. That's how I have always operated. I guess. I, I don't know why. I don't know why he's like that right now. But the role should have been... Yeah, the only explanation for it is that Daenerys was nice to Tyrion uh, season six. She was very nice to him. Oh, like, uh, okay. Reverse, it should have been Varys being like, I feel like she's good for the realm. Everything I do is for the realm. Tyrion should have been like, I've been around power hungry people all my life and she is it. That would have made more sense, but no, yeah. Varys basically tells Tyrion not, not her. And Tyrion snitches and then Varys gets Oh, burned. dude, it is so bad. We talked about it on the stream, right? So, um, the idea is you got Daenerys is going kind of insane and Varys tells uh, Tyrion He's probably gonna do something. Not sure what it is. He's gonna do something. He says like, I can't stand idly by and allow blah blah blah. And Tyrion's like, hmm, probably shouldn't. And um, Daenerys, uh, the reason that happened is because Jon found out that he's a conflict to the throne. He told his sister, who told Tyrion, who told Varys. That's how Varys knows and that's why he's like doing this sort of thing. And uh, so Tyrion walks up to Daenerys and uh, she's like, someone has betrayed me. And then Tyrion's like, yep, because he's about to tell her it's Varys. And she goes, John. And Tyrion's reaction is so pri He's supposed to be the most intelligent person on this show, pretty much. And his reaction is, no, Varys. <laughs> it's the most, like, you, why would you just say that? Why would you, why would you just tell her that it's like she, that you wouldn't hear her out first? It's like you just fucking sold your friend down the river hardcore just because you were like, oh, we had different names in our head. That's weird. Mine was Varus. <laughs> Yours was John. How about that? Oh, what do you know? Oh, well. Oh, weird. Well, I guess we weren't, we weren't thinking of the same person. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, forget what I just said Death now. by the dragon. Snitches I was just thinking of a funny joke you Tyrion. said. It yeah, it was a real, real shame, too, to see Tyrion do it. It was just like, oh... What's next, Jamie Lannister? This shit was stupid too. In last week's episode, Jamie Lannister. Yeah, his character's done. I can't see people being happy with Jamie. Hooks up with Brienne of Tarth. Had been building for a while, and then he's like, "Cersei's hateful. So am I. I need to go back to her." But I was like, "No, no, no. He's just—he's lying. He's saying that to push her away, so Brienne of Tarth will be cool for him to go. And then he's gonna go there and be like, oh, Cersei.' And then he's gonna betray her somehow. He's gonna be like the Trojan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everyone thought that Jamie was gonna go kill Cersei. See, that's why he was heading back to her. Just for context, Rags, it's just like he's gotten over her throughout the whole show. That's been his like arc. He's gone okay. from a selfish man to being a good one. And so last episode he was like, I'm going back to her. And so everyone was like, ah, 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 he's going to kill her. But he literally goes back to be with her and dies with her. And so oh. it's like, oh, 
And so now everyone's just left like, wait, so Jamie's just... Jamie's just old Jamie? He dies irrelevant of his development? Like, oh, oh. No! He just... He just went back on everything. Jamie Lannister's, what, seven season arc just came to a screeching halt because he was like, you know what? I don't want to grow anymore. I want to revert back and I'm going to crawl back to her arms. Stupid. Like, they could have just kept him in Winterfell and he could have been like, all right, I'm just going to end up with Brienne of Tarth. I'm just going to give up this whole war. But no, he does a hit it and quit it scenario with Brienne of Tarth, goes right back to Cersei, tries to help her escape, and then the walls, like the ceiling caves in and they both just get killed, embracing each other. <laughs> That's a. <v> <laughs> you can tell he's so done. <laughs> Like I said, man, it requires a different amount of things for everybody. It looks like this was his breaking point. Violation of his character arc right there. That's just, that's dumb. I get that you want to be shocking. Because Game of Thrones has always been shocking. Like, the unexpected happens. But it's also laced in good writing. At least the George R. R. Martin shit was. Red Wedding, shocking. No one saw it coming. But everything was still within character. Jamie Lannister just being like, Yeah, fuck it. I'm going to go back with my dick sister. Doesn't make sense to me. That's shocking for the sake of shocking. Not shocking, but with good writing. So everyone genuinely shocked it's like jamie lannister stabbed the mad king in the back and the writers of the show stabbed jamie lannister in the back the writers are the king slayer slayer dumb then there's the other thing where daenerys is she's just a villain now at the point king's <laughs> landing is ringing the bell and everyone's like all right look at that man it's once they surrender that she chooses to murder them all. She's not murdering them up to that point. You're like, why did you do it once they surrendered, you yeah. horrible person? <laughs> what, a, what an uber dick. Like, wow. The fight's over. You've won. Daenerys is on her dragon like, I don't think so. I think we need to roast more people. She doesn't go for Cersei Lannister, which she could have just done. She starts cooking all the civilians. Just she literally, like, doesn't even go after the soldiers. It's like, specifically the innocent people. It's like, okay. I'm trying to destroy Ooh, their infrastructure. everybody. <laughs> Not the queen who gave the order to cut her friend's head off. Not the super zombie who swung the super sword zombie. to cut her friend's head off. But just civilians, men, women, children, people trying to make a living, kids trying to play. Ash. There's a character turning <laughs> heel, then there's that. At this point, she might as well have been cut from Theon Greyjoy himself because she is a fucking Dick. I don't get, get it. it. I just don't get the execution. Like I've said in my videos about Game of Thrones season eight, oh, Daenerys is losing it. She's starting to become throne hungry. And I meant it, but I thought she'd be a little drunk on power. Maybe she was putting her ego first, ego above the people, and she's unfit to lead, and Jon Snow has to step in. Yeah, like I said, what you, you what you should be doing is she kills a couple people in a morally gray sort of situation. We're like, ooh. Get enough people questioning her decisions. Not yeah. She's just straight no, up not evil. Just like, yeah, she's a villain now. <laughs> she needs, she's evil. She's bad now. She's killed the younglings now. We've crossed the bridge. <laughs> not going back from this one. But there's a difference between destroyed the bridge after she crossed it. Ego above the people and someone who straight up just massacres a bunch of innocents, burning them to death with a dragon. Like that's a line they're making her character cross, and that's a leap that we have to take to buy it. And given where she's been, I can't make the leap that she would cross that line. So I'm just, I call bullshit on it. Like I'll give the show this: Daenerys Targaryen's been a bit hardcore in some of her punishments. Yeah, but even then, I can't recall her showing blatant disregard for the 
lives of innocents and children. Not just disregard, like making an active effort to slaughter them. That's still a line to be crossed. <laughs> kind of I love it. This is so true. An active effort to slaughter children. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's fine. And now out of nowhere, she just crosses it. And now she's worse than Cersei ever was. Yep. Cersei, in the entirety of the eight seasons, has never killed as many innocent people as Daenerys did in this one episode. She just has to die now. That's a lot of innocent people she slaughtered. Subtlety, people. That's what made the show great. Subtlety, new Oh yeah, we mentioned that in the stream. So a lot of people have been naming their kid Khaleesi and Daenerys because of this character. Awkward. To say yeah. the least, awkward. Once <laughs> now it's just someone who's good going, nah, fuck civilians, burn them all. <laughs> it's not just her; like her entire army just started slaughtering people yep. after there was a surrender. Just Grey Worm. I liked Grey Worm. He just lost his girlfriend. No, he's just slaughtering people. You would swear Daenerys and her entire army at that standstill moment just heard a voice in their heads of Emperor Palpatine being like, "Execute order." <laughs> And everyone just fucking snapped and started slaughtering and breathe the fire on everybody. It's the only thing that makes sense. And since that didn't happen, I, it's just the writing. Just not enough episodes, man. Characters have just, they've just kind of been fucked. And see, like, when you get Jeremy John saying that you fucked it up, like, I feel like this is, you've just well breached. You get, like, the people who are, who are focusing on the details. Then the people who are focusing on the, the bigger picture, but still some details. Then the people who are only concerned with the big, bigger picture. Then the people who consume this so casually, they might even forget the previous episode. And all of these factions are all like, nah, this is terrible. Like, what have you done? We'll see what happens. But man, a lot of you saw this coming a mile away. I was like, maybe. But they're not going to violate characters entirely. And that's how I see this went down. I feel like... Game of Thrones is slowly getting everyone on the same page. Where it's like, no, no, this isn't gonna end smoothly. So anyhow, those are my thoughts. Maybe you agree, maybe you don't, but that's my review. However, I did promise that I was gonna announce a winner. Yeah, that's pretty entertaining. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's um, pretty good. He's right. <laughs> and yeah, I'll probably be putting out a video that uh, is attempting to send the same message, but obviously I'll be doing it in my own style at length and. Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do about episode 4, because I really kind of wish now that I'd made an episode for it, because I just thought that it wasn't gonna be as bad as 3 ever again. I thought that was gonna be like a... How naive I was, right? Oh, Mahler. Will you never learn? Will I never learn? It can always get worse. <sighs> uh... Yeah, the last few Super Chats, I'll just get them sorted out. Uh, rags... <laughs> People are like, Mahler, but who is the winner? <laughs> Raggers needs a sword to protect his home and family in case Uncle Joe steals all his guns in 2021. No, I, I legit, but this sword, they it, it's going to be about nine months because they have to make them. They come like paper sharp and everything. I got hooked up with the people who make good scabbards for them. Oh, dude, it's going to be fucking sweet. Can I have a sword and everything? I bought the land graph. Oh, what a sword. Oh, what a sword. Did I make a rage oh. video for two episodes? At once? Fucking do it! I could do that. Can you really trust a guy with that haircut? He seems like the kind of guy that's perfectly fine with adoption. Um I bet he adopted that haircut. Well, see the next super chat was he's definitely adopted. Yeah, I think so. Oh. Oh. Shadman is a hentai artist. Oh, that would there we go. 
I hope Thai fans and writers now realize they don't have a leg to stand on criticizing how Tywin took King's Landing or Walder Frey at the Red Wedding. Um, this is the thing. The, the way that Tywin and Walder uh, had victories were oftentimes um, with these uh, uh, as little amount of people killed as possible, but achieving the ultimate goal of them taking power. Well, with, with with Daenerys, it just seemed malicious. She was just like, I've won, now time to kill all the innocent people. And you're like, oh. But yeah, I might do episode four and five in one. Fuck it, that sounds like a possible good idea. Um, I burned them, I burned them all. They're dead, every single one of them. And not just the men, but the women and the children too. I love you, John. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I love you, John. 2,323 people watching and only 631 likes. Pathetic. Come on, guys. Hey, everybody, you know, maybe they didn't like it. Maybe they didn't dislike it. Hey, and they were deciding. Uh, don't forget to smash that like button. No, you have to say, um, you have to say something don't more interesting than that. So, like, oh, know. um, don't forget to get rid of that pesky ad block. That's the one you need to say. Don't forget that one. to get rid of that pesky writing. <laughs> Three hours. Uh, we're all getting a refund, right? You had an EFAP just days ago and a bonus two wolf streams with me this is the thing i was going to say you're going to be getting a decent gap now for efap so that i can work on some videos and that we can just have a recovery you know how are you guys not efapped out surely that happens eventually um but either way that actually puts us to uh essentially the end of the stream we will totally be looking for the next efap when it happens i'll, I'll just do it we'll check out any memes that i've missed or as many as I uh, have managed to consolidate into a single thing. Um, I hope you guys had a lot of fun. Really appreciate all of the very kind donations. And yes, I'm going to be starting work on a Game of Thrones Rage, more than likely episode 4 and 5 put together. Um, ready for then episode 6. Who knows what's going to happen with that. And then I might work on something of a uh, 8 overall thing. I don't know yet. We'll see. Oh, either way... Thank you all very much for watching. I hope you enjoyed. This will be up on Moolah in hours from now, hopefully, if not the next day. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Why don't you make a rage on the whole season? I probably will, but I kind of want to split them up now because I have such individual rage between singular episodes. <laughs> anyway, goodbye, video everyone. is not enough to play <laughs> <No>. rage. <laughs> goodbye.